0: Maverick News presents The Rick Walker Show. Defrag your mind.
1: Drugs and booze and sex. Good news versus bad news. Peace versus war, Israel versus Hamas, terrorism, information warfare, psyops, housing crisis, inflation, devalued dollar, nuclear arms race, gambling, sin, Satanism. Globalism, communism, fascism, capitalism, money. We have a lot to talk about tonight. I'll be right back.
0: Greetings Brave Mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others. Out. Of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals. Defenders of individual rights and freedoms. Credible. Trusted. Grounded in reality. Maverick News, Maverick, Maverick News. Defending free speech. Free speech. speech. Donate. At freedomreporters.com. Do it now. now. Tomorrow. Maybe too late. Too late. Too late. Too late. Maverick News. The, the world is watching, is watching.
1: like that war in Israel between Israel and Hamas it's they so want it to spill over into the rest of the world so what are we seeing tonight we're seeing that there was a terrorist plot a Hamas terrorist plot that was foiled in Europe So in Germany and the Netherlands, they have four in custody, four suspected members of Hamas who say they were planning terror attacks on Jewish institutions across Europe. A statement has been issued tonight from Germany's federal public prosecutor's office. that says the four were suspected of membership of a foreign terrorist organization, three men identified as Abdelhamid, Al A, and Ibrahim LR, both born in Lebanon, and Egyptian national Mohammed B, so we don't have their full names, were arrested in Berlin. A fourth Dutch national, Nazi, Nazi, not Nazi, 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 N-A-Z or Z-I-H, Nazi, Nazi R, again, not his full name, was arrested by Dutch police in Rotterdam acting on a European warrant. These arrests come two months after Hamas's attack on Israel on October 7th. Of course, we know that more than 1,200 people were killed in that attack. And yet, isn't it strange how so much of that Incident has been pushed into the background, almost memory hold. Mainstream media, not giving it, you know, nearly the, uh, attention now that the Israeli attacks in Gaza are receiving. Hostages still remain detained over what at least half, or more than half, still, still, not freed, and this thing drags on, and uh, we're seeing that this conflict is not just about now. What's going on in the Middle East? It's 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 more than that. We're seeing that uh, it is linked to geopolitical objectives on many sides, many countries, many organizations, including Hamas. This really is new territory for Hamas. They've never really done anything or tried to do anything quite. Like this before. The four men were, according to prosecutors, long standing members of Hamas. They had participated in Hamas operations abroad and are closely linked to the leadership of Hamas's military wing. So, this plot, this alleged plot, if it's confirmed, <coughs> would mark a significant escalation, does mark a significant escalation of Hamas activities in Europe and specifically in Germany. So far, this group, Hamas, has mainly seen the country as a place to gather, you know, generate funds, spread propaganda. And listen to the rhetoric coming from other countries. You can see who's aligned. You can see where the battle lines are drawn. You can see who's aligned with whom. You can absolutely see it if you really want to take the time, just a minute or two, to see what's going on. Trying to stay as neutral as I can. Don't like what I'm seeing on either side. But I'll tell you this, if you live (laughs) <laughs> here in the united states or canada and uh you 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 love your country. Hamas is not your friend. <laughs> no. They're not. They are not. And it isn't just because of our poor track record in foreign affairs. It isn't just because of Missteps, calculated errors, hawkish behavior, NATO expansionism. It isn't just because of those things. It isn't just because of Vietnam and Iraq. It, it is an ideological, political, and religious struggle. It's a war. It's an extension of everything that happened in World War II and before. stretches back to pre-World War II, stretches back to the 1930s, stretches back to prejudice and hate and scapegoating, all the way back to the mid-1800s. And how far back do you want to go? Keep on going. I'm just talking about modern history here. And if you don't think this is gonna if you think this we're gonna be spared here in north america i'm not so sure i think it's coming it is coming here in many respects it already is i've never seen the kinds of protests that we've witnessed in the last couple of months here in canada or in the united states i've never seen the hate at this level on all sides. I've certainly never seen the anti-Semitism like this before in my lifetime. I think it was there before. I remember as a kid, I remember as a kid, uh, people using pejorative terms to talk about the Jewish people. I remember but things got better over time, you know? Seemed to. That's why I'm just so... I mean, I didn't... And even when I was a young kid, it wasn't rampant. It wasn't. It wasn't like it is right now. I guess all that censorship and political correctness just kind of forced those views underground. But when you're dealing with Attitudes, ideas, ideologies, um, racism, bigotry, hatred, prejudice, tribalism, when you're dealing with all that stuff, I guess it, it, it runs right through the blood of some people and maybe they don't display it. Maybe they just weren't displaying it, so I wasn't seeing it. Maybe they just knew better than to talk like that around me. I don't know now it's all out in the open. It's blowing my mind. On the other hand, I kind of feel like, you know when you walk into Walmart or a big box store, Costco? You walk in, right? And down the center aisle, down the center of every aisle, they have big displays. Stuff on sale. And that stuff on sale, you know what that is? That's them telling you what you're supposed to buy. Those big companies bring in these big displays. They actually pay for placement like that in those stores. And uh, it's like people are told, like, it's like, this is what you're supposed to buy this week. This is what I learned about retail. It's like conditioning. You know, people walk in and it's like, bam, right in your face. And it's like, that's what you're supposed to buy. They tell you what to buy, what to think, how to feel. That's it, man. And people do it like they buy it. You buy the stuff in the center because they put an attractive price on it, first of all. Sometimes they don't even do that. Sometimes they just put it there front and center so it's bam, smack, in your face, impulse buy. Pow, they got you. Fancy packaging, big, bright signage, bold lettering, powerful messaging, conditioning, priming you with advertisements in print and on radio and on television and online. And then you walk in and you see that big display of the Acme Super Knife, Wizmo Gizmo and Kabamo. You're triggered and you just have to buy it. You don't even know why you're buying it. You know when you buy it, it's just going to end up in a drawer someplace, probably never used until finally 10 years later, when you're house cleaning, you're sending it off to the goodwill. But you bought it because you had to have it. And you don't even know why, which is what I think sometimes is going on in the streets where people are just conditioned to get out there because they've been triggered, baby. And so a year ago, they would have been appalled to listen to themselves talk. But not so much anymore. I don't even recognize some of the people that I used to know, still do, or thought I did. They're kind of like strangers to me now in some ways. It's odd. But understandable. Because we're living in a different time, and the world is upside down, and we're dealing with a whole lot of drugs and booze and psychological conditioning online we are in the middle of a giant information war and we are the targets of the psyop you think you have free will you think you're free yeah what have you ingested lately before sitting down in front of the screen to absorb all the information coming through Do you think maybe the chemicals and the chemical alteration going on in your brain cells might make you just a little more malleable, a little more open to, shall we say, suggestion? I think so. Maybe. We'll talk about that more later on. It all ties into what's going on in the world. We're going to talk about corporate media. We're going to talk about the Pope. We're going to talk about Putin right now. We're going to talk about Vladimir Putin. How upside down is the world? I don't know. It's like, you know, it's one thing to criticize your government. That's what you're supposed to do in a democracy. I do it. sit in this chair all the time criticizing our politicians, our government. Gotta do it. Gotta hold them accountable. Got to. But it's weird. You know, it's gone beyond that. All the negativity out there, it has turned into cheerleading for the other side. Cheerleading for our enemies. Cheerleading for our destruction. It is Making me rethink things a little bit, maybe a lot. Makes me wonder what kind of messaging I've been delivering and whether it's really constructive, productive, if it's accurate. You know, over here we have free speech and everybody demands it or it seems to. But the rest of the world, man, I'm telling you, okay, the majority of the world is run by dictators and authoritarians. You think they've got freedom in these other places? These places and these organizations that I see people cheering for? You think they're about freedom? Hardly. The opposite. And yet those same people and their allies, their advocates, their propagandists, their online social media influencers, when they get censored here, they cry bloody murder and say, you've censored me. That's not fair. That's not legal. Yeah, it's illegal here. <laughs> it's supposed to be. Not so illegal back there. And that's why you don't see so much criticism of other authoritarian dictators in other parts of the world. They seem strong. They seem to have the support of their people. That's because they dare not speak out. And that there is the truth, like it or not. We should be mindful of that on this 14th day of December 2023. We should be. And we should cherish our freedom and our freedom of speech. Knowing, though, that many who take advantage of freedom of speech exploit it and deliver twisted messages full of half truths designed to deceive mislead it's true it's happening not to say that that's always the case but you got to be wary of you got to know you gotta you gotta look at everything through a lens of skepticism and critically really really look at it critically and then really ask yourself is that true is it in our best interests is it Does it really stand up? You know, today I noticed something about Vladimir Putin. Strong leader. I have been very critical of the war in Ukraine. Still am. Don't like what's going on there. Don't like all the money that's flowed in there. Still don't think the war had to happen. I think NATO, I think the United States has made a huge error I don't think that they should have been uh, pushing to go in there in quite the way that they did. Yet on the other hand, I also understand, and I am also critical of Russia initiating their special military operation, war. A lot of people have died, at least going on about a half a million people. Half a million Ukrainians have been killed so far. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of bodies. That's a special military operation. That's a war.
2: It's a lot of people.
1: That's just reality. I don't even have to speak in critical terms to just state the obvious. I think it's sad. And then today, what are we seeing? We're seeing out of Russia, we're seeing Vladimir Putin and uh, the reaction to his speech over the last 24 hours. It was his end of year news conference. And he's a great public speaker. He answers questions. They just flow. He's just top of mind. A lot of respect for a leader like that. But there were some revealing things in what he said in his speech. And you should be mindful of that as well, especially as we sit here in this country and remember who we are, what we are, what we stand for. I stand for peace, real peace not strategic peace where it's like I'm calling for peace because it's good for my side at the moment. I mean, I just, I really want peace, lasting peace for everyone. I wish that was the case in Ukraine and I wish that was the case, we're in a case in the Middle East, with Israel and Palestine, but we're still engaged. In a serious conflict. And Putin has confirmed that he's going to run for president again in
2: 2024.
1: He um, was fielding questions from the public and the media in Moscow during his address and said that peace will be possible after. The denazification, demilitarization and neutral status of Ukraine is achieved. He keeps saying these things over and over again. So we know what his objectives are there. And we know that peace, it appears, was possible some a long time ago, but the West didn't want it. You know, I think it's pretty clear at this point that the United States interest here has been A couple of things. I think that it's uh, pretty obvious that it's been using the war in Ukraine to just erode, wear down, run down Russian resources. And at the same time, I think that we are looking at some pretty serious corruption with money flowing in. And you know that not not all of that has been above board. And we've seen some of these weapons end up in in places they ought not be and on the black market and on the dark web. We've shown you that right here on this channel. But as things stand right now, we know that the West, the United States, support is on the decline. Public support for this conflict is tanking. People don't want to send any more money. They don't want this war to continue. Putin knew this was coming. He knew. He's been biding his time. Because he knew that by biding his time, Biden would be running out of time. And we clearly are, we've seen Just this week, Biden stand up and say so in a news conference with Zelensky. Huge strategic error, in my view. He just told the enemy, the enemy, which shouldn't be our enemy. Maybe a competitor, yeah, but we shouldn't be at war with them. Bad mistake. Doesn't have to be this. But he stood up there and said publicly that the money is running out. Duh. Well, I guess they better hope that Europe steps in and fills the void, then, because the war is not over yet. Yet, we've seen the Russian troops amassing and being re- re- reorganized, getting ready for what appears to be a new a new offensive. If necessary, it's all coming. Things are changing rapidly, especially now that you have really the United States dealing with conflict on two fronts. Very difficult, a very difficult position to be in, even for a superpower like the United States, which honestly has already spread too thin around the world. Now you've got a war in the Middle East and you have a war in Ukraine. And the public's already dealing with fatigue in Ukraine. I don't think the public's appetite is there for this thing going on between Israel and Hamas. And if it spills over and the United States becomes directly involved in any way, I don't think there's going to be that much public support for it. And then... You've got China waiting in the wings, right? Like they're watching this very closely. And make no mistake, while they are a huge trading partner, they are also an adversary. And the reality is, is a, the strongest of possibilities that we would end up going to war with China if we go to war with anyone. Then you'd have a you'd have conflict on three fronts, and I don't know that any country at any time in history, has been able to survive that. Especially when you're up against such powerful nations as Russia, China, and China is a long ways away. So if they go in and start hammering on Taiwan, just the logistics alone and dealing with that, Transporting the uh, the resources, the weapons, the tanks, the armored vehicles, the personnel supporting all of that,
2: mm. all the way over there,
1: with a the navy that's spread thin, not looking good. We should be very concerned about it. And when I'm listening to the language coming from Putin in this most recent speech, the language mirrors what we're hearing from Hamas. The language mirrors what we're hearing even here on the home front. The language mirrors what we've actually been hearing for decades. It's an anti-colonialism message. The colonialism has to stop, he says. I get it. I understand the NATO expansionism. I understand his view of the United States as an imperial dominating force in the world. I understand that. Don't entirely agree with it, but I understand it. In some cases, I absolutely see that the United States has been an imperialist force. Is acted like one, but not always. And a lot of this stuff is a little more, is maybe, well, really a lot more nuanced than that. Even the situation in your Iraq, honestly. People like to think of things in very simplistic terms. Black and white, up and down. Good versus evil. But when it comes to politics, it's never really quite that simple. It's gray. It's gray here. And I don't mean gray and like murky gray. I mean, it's like, it's complicated. It's messy. Alliances are always shifting. Each country has its own interests in mind. And even though we have people working toward a one world government, a new world order, it's really two sides working toward their own version of that. You've got a rules-based international order that NATO and the United States and its allied countries you know they they've been pushing toward through the united nations which russia is a part of china this collectivist vision of the future they on the other hand i mean the na- they're nationalists but they also have a different view a sort of a globalist view as well russia china brazil india South Africa. The BRICS nations. It's just about power. It's about money. All these countries, they act in their own best interests, in their own ways. They're like gangsters. And this group of gangsters is lined up there and the other group of gangsters is lined up over here. And they're in competition. Struggling for power. That's really what's going on. You, You, you know, One side, capitalist. The other side, I think, is taking an anti-capitalist position. Russia, China, these communist states, these post-communist states, still left-leaning and yet hypocritical because they just have their own capitalist system. Mercantilists, the government-controlled the systems are these opposing systems are so similar that it's painful to look at it and have people sit there and tell you that there's a difference in my estimation, but that's, that's really what it is. The U S dollar, they just, you know, those guys over there, they just want their own currency. They want their own world reserve currency. They want to dominate. They want the power. So they're just struggling for the power. There was McDonald's in Russia and now they just call it something else. Same damn thing though. With <laughs> a different name. They they had Coke, now they've just got whatever they're calling it. It's still the same thing. Go to Cuba. They don't have well, they have Coke there too. You can get it. It's not as uh, not as common. They have what do they have there? It's a Tucola. Tucola. They have their own cola. The cola of Cuba. it's all right. I've not, it's uh, I guess it's what you get used to. I drank a lot of it when I was there. Tukula in Cuba. It was okay. Soap was in short supply. So Russia alleges that Ukraine's government is heavily influenced by radical nationalists and neo-Nazi groups, which yeah, we've shown you that. Although I'm beginning to wonder (laughs) from what I'm seeing who the real Nazis are these days. Everybody's calling everybody a Nazi. (laughs) Yeah, it depends on who you talk to. Apparently the Jews are Nazis now. They're the Nazis, depending on who you talk to. Uh, Again, I think that a lot of that stuff is just too simplistic to analyze it in that way. But the point is, Putin's powerful speech went on for quite a while. He says there are about 617,000 Russian soldiers currently in Ukraine, including about 244,000 who were called up to fight alongside professional Russian military forces. But he says there's no current need for further mobilization of reservists. He says an estimated 486,000 people, have so far signed up voluntarily as contract soldiers on top of the 300,000 people called up last year, and the flow is not diminishing. We saw that he did just about a week ago, We announced that he, uh, he did announce reinforcements. He's going to bolster the number of troops But uh, not going beyond what we've just discussed right there but he is very critical of what's going on. Um, Very critical of, well, of the West and the vision that the West has uh, for the future, the United States. He says that um, the West's colonialist mindset leads to bullying of other countries, creates wars. He says that... uh, Leaders in the West feel entitled and appointed themselves as world rulers without the approval of anyone. He says that the rules based international order. Well, he says the rules just keep on changing, accuses the West of just changing the rules that they make up to suit what they want, which is one of the reasons he's so opposed to the idea of a rules based international order. And we have Vladimir Putin Addressing that right here, right now, let's, uh, let's roll the clip.
3: They're trying to create an image of an enemy out of everyone who is unwilling to blindly follow the Western elites. Anyone is at risk, including the People's Republic of China and a certain point, even India could become that we are, we can see the sentiment and the situation in asia the trend is clear here and let me tell you that the indian leadership is acting independently in the interests of its nation and i think these attempts would have no point but still the west continues such attempts they also try to make an enemy out of the arab world they do this selectively they try to be more precise and careful they even tried to make all the muslims into an image of a certain hostile actor essentially anyone who pursues an independent policy following their own interests can become an obstacle for the western elites that should be eliminated they're imposing artificial geopolitical constructs on the world by creating closed block formats we can see this in europe with decades of assertive nato expansion we see this in the asia pacific region and in the south of asia where they're trying to break down the open and inclusive cooperation architecture these block approach let me be frank with you, means a limitation of the rights and freedoms of the states for their own development, an attempt to put them inside a cage of obligations this is obvious they're essentially depriving them of a part of their own sovereignty which is followed by the imposing of decisions in other areas apart from security first of all in the area of economy we can see this in the relations between the United States and Europe for example there is no need to explain that They are trying to replace the international law with the so-called international order, based on certain rules. What are the rules? What is this order? Who invented that? This is absolutely unclear. This is some nonsense. They're trying to embed this into the minds of the people telling them you should live by the rules what are the rules and our western colleagues especially from the u.s arbitrarily impose these rules and teach others how to follow these rules how you should behave they're doing this in an openly obnoxious manner this is a manifestation of their colonial thinking. We keep hearing that from them. They keep saying, you have to, you must. We're seriously warning you. Who are you to tell us that? Do you have any right to give us warnings? It's time to get rid of this colonial thinking. It's time to open your eyes.
4: That era
3: is long gone. It's never coming back. Let me tell you more. Throughout centuries, such actions and such behavior resulted in the repetition of large-scale wars. Various ideological or even pseudo-moral justifications were made up to justify such wars. This is especially dangerous today. Humanity has the means capable of easily destroying the entire planet. There is a great manipulation of the minds, which leads to the loss of sense of reality. It's time to leave this vicious circle. We should find a way out. There used to be an openly colonial interpretation of a so-called civilized world which serves as an example for everyone else. And everyone should follow these standards, these examples. And if you don't agree, you will be beaten into civilization by the enlightened masters. But these times, as I said, are long gone. And our understanding of civilization is absolutely different. First of all, There are numerous civilizations, and no civilization can be better or worse than others. They are equal in their rights, expressing the desires of their cultures and traditions of their people, and everyone has their own values. For me, these means the wishes and interests of my own people, and I am happy to be a part of it.
1: Well, he said a lot there. And a lot I understand, a lot I agree with. I also see that his perspective, his ideas run in direct conflict with what other world leaders on the Western side view as well. He talks about... The rules based international order is being artificial. And we hear rhetoric like that here as well from especially people who advocate for natural law or common law. The truth of the matter is, when you're talking about international law, do you know what international law really comes down to? There is no law, it's lawlessness. When you have two countries, two nation-states squaring off against each other in international waters in areas where no exact sovereignty has been declared, there's history in the way that conflict or encounters, engagement relationships have been established, and so there is sort of a natural precedent in terms of behavior and even conflict resolution that establishes something of a protocol or etiquette. But beyond that, there's really no law. You break the law in international waters. Who's there to adjudicate? (laughs) Nobody. You get into trouble. You get attacked by a more powerful nation state. Who's coming to help you? Well, maybe nobody. Unless maybe another nation state intervenes like the United States, like say country X invades country Y and the United States comes to help country Y because they got invaded. Well, nothing to compel the United States to do that. The point being, that is natural law. You know what natural law is? That's the law of the jungle. So I understand... The ideals, the utopia that some people envision for a one world government. What if there's John Lennon? Imagine there's no country. It's easy if you try. Imagine there's no religion. If you don't have any of those things, what if there's no country? What if there's just one big giant world and we're all just one big people? That's one world government. It's communism. Could be fascism. Could be a combination. I think what they're moving to, have been moving toward is a combination of communism and fascism. A combination. fascism or fascist common, communism. Whatever. It's a Combination. That's what they've been working toward with the idea that if you have one government ruling over everything, that can then result in a system of law that is agreed upon by all nation states because it's one nation state and any kind of conflict can then be resolved through that system of an international rules-based order. Therefore, you could end all wars. Sounds like utopia or a step toward it, but never that simple. And then you have all these other issues that surround that because as Vladimir Putin said in that clip right there, he says that there are many civilizations. He's recognizing that we are not just one homogeneous people. We're not just one one flavor we have different cultures, different beliefs, different political ideologies, different religions, lots of different religions. It's very diverse. The world is a very diverse place. And this diversity is our strength. Well, no diversity in Canada where we're all mixed up now. And in the United States, we have you know, a lot of mixing of cultures and races and just everything. It's, it's a challenge. And certainly, globally, it's a challenge. Vladimir Putin recognizes that. But being a nationalist, he wants to preserve what he has. So I totally respect that. I get it. It just puts him at odds with the other people who have this globalist idea. But yet I've watched him in meetings with all these other countries, especially the BRICS nations. And you know what they talk about? Same stuff that the people on this side talk about. Climate change. They talk about it over there too. Thought it was pretty interesting to, to again hear him referring to Muslims. He's defending the Muslims. He's, They have aligned themselves, make no mistake. Britain, Iran, or sorry, Russia, Iran, China, Brazil, all these BRICS nations, they're all lining up, especially Russia, China, and Iran. Axis. They're aligned. And make no mistake that Iran does have influence on what's going on between Israel and Hamas. You're seeing these Arab nations lining up against the West. Saudi Arabia is still a U.S. asset there, an ally, NATO. But it's getting complicated and a lot of these relationships are on shaky ground, have been for a long time. But Russia Absolutely in alignment with these Arab nations lining up against Israel. They speak diplomatically. Putin speaks diplomatically. But look at what is posted online. Look at what the social media posts on Twitter are coming from Russian officials. You can see they have an affinity for an alliance with these countries that are squaring off against Israel. Yes, they are. This is a prelude, folks, to something much bigger. And as much as it pains me to run this clip of Vladimir Zelensky talking about this very thing, he says that Russia is buddies with Hamas. That was his accusation
4: during that news conference with Biden this week. He's wrecking everyday life in Ukrainian city life in Ukrainian cities, but his real target is the freedom. Freedom people enjoy from Warsaw to Chicago to Yokohama. He's trying to make democratic countries lose hope, pushing the idea that dictatorships with a bit of market economy are winning this global face off. This isn't just about competing systems. Russia still got the means to mess with democracies worldwide. Putin's got bodies in this, each one a threat to any free nation, to regional or global order, to human rights and democracy, be it Hamas, Iran, North Korea or others. No accidents here, they are all linked by their hate hate for freedom hate for the west
1: you know what it really is here's the common denominator this is the glue that is beginning to stick them all together into a cohesive axis power against nato and the west capitalism anti-capitalism oh yeah You watch the rhetoric, it's uh, being refined as we go along, and that's really what it's coming down to. That is the thing that is uniting the forces against the West. Israel, bankers, they have all the money, they say. The United States, capitalist country. Israel, the little Satan. United States, the big Satan. Anyone aligned with them? They're pro-capitalist. it isn't it's it's zionism they're using the phrase zionism the term zionism in an expanded way what is it what do they really mean it depends on who you listen to exactly but generally speaking what that means now is it's jews supporting Israel or anyone who supports Israel. And beyond that, a lot of people are conflating it out so that, and these world leaders are, it's capitalists. So you're seeing these two sides too. They need to define it in that way. They're, they're pushing this, their, their narratives so that they evolve, so that they can manufacture support on either side, because in order to do what they want, they need an enemy. They need to create the enemy in the minds of people. They even will, through their propaganda, take people and turn them into the enemy. They'll convince them or manipulate them in such a way. I'm, I'm witnessing this happen where they're turning people into the very thing that they say they are. When the people who were not said that they were never going to be like that are turning into the very thing that they say they weren't. It's kind of like, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. That was the most complicated piece of whatever I've said in a while. It's like, if you tell a kid that they're bad when they're growing up and all you do is say they're bad, you're a bad boy. You're bad. You're terrible. You're, you're a terrible boy that kid's going to grow up to be bad. You keep telling people who are pretty moderate and even level-headed that they're one victims and then turn around and also tell them that they're Nazis (laughs) and you keep hitting them. You're a victim, but you're bad. You're a victim. You're bad. You're a victim. You're a Nazi. You're a victim. You're a fascist. You're a victim. You're a racist. That's what they've been doing here in the West to the point where they've browbeaten people into submission to the point where they feel cornered. You feel like you don't have anything. You feel like you're going to get locked in a 15 minute city. You feel like you're under threat. You feel like your very existence, your way of life is about to be crushed. And you back a dog or a human being into a corner and tell them you're bad. You're bad. You're bad. At a certain point, it's kind of like, well, well, Might as well be bad then. And then they've got their enemy, don't they? That's what's going on in part. So some people who I thought I knew, I don't even recognize them anymore. Or at least I don't recognize some of what they're, don't understand some of what's coming out of their mouths. That's what happens. And there's a mob mentality that comes along with that. We need to be mindful of it, folks. Psychology, manipulation, mass formation, hypnosis, psychosis, drugs. Making people more malleable. And... What else did I notice about Vladimir Putin's speech that, you know, he, he referred to the conflict in Ukraine as a civil war. He says Ukraine has always been part of Russia makes specific reference to Odessa in that address says that everybody knows that Odessa has always been part of Russia. See, that's the language, that's the rhetoric that gives the West license to continue with its initiatives against Russia in Ukraine because there are two schools of thought there. On the one hand, Putin is saying that Russia should have the right to determine its own destiny. It's um, it's Russia's right to, to retain its nation state status, to be Russia, to to preserve its sovereignty. That's why they don't want NATO pushing up against the Russian border through Ukraine. Get it on board with that. Totally understand. Got to respect Russian sovereignty. End of story. Cool. Preserve it as a country. Same too at the United States and all these different nation states. Cool. Let's respect the borders of countries, the sovereignty of each nation state to make its own laws and determine its own destiny but then putin refers talks about ukraine as though they don't have that right that they really are part of russia see now you've got a bit of a i don't know that there's a little bit of a an ethical geopolitical moral dilemma for me which way is it See, I've said from the beginning that Ukraine should have been left to be sort of a neutral buffer state, left to determine its own destiny. It should have a right to self-determination as well, because Ukraine through history has been used like a political doormat by different countries, some of them using it as a pathway into Russia for various conflicts. Such was the case in World War II occupied by I mean, occupied right um russia had control of it then the germans had control of it and then people who lived there some of them ended up fighting on the side of russia and other people ended up fighting on the side of the germans and the nazis and i guess when you're what would you do if your country if you were sitting there and one day you've got country X comes in and they say, you're going to, you're going to fight for us. And if you don't like us, you know, we're going to put our thumb on you. We're going to put our boot on your neck. And then the opposing force comes in, they take over the country. Now they're in your country and they say, no, you're going to fight for us. And if you're a- allied with them, or if you pledge, have pled, pled allegiance to them, then we're going to do you in. Which side are you on? you've got a family and you're afraid you got to join or maybe you even feel like one side came and liberated you from the other side who didn't treat you well there was no good option there in my estimation i don't know wasn't there wasn't alive but i've spoken to people who were spoke to people who lived through it most of those people that i've spoken to over the years are gone now i'm getting old too i guess Here we go again. The United States, NATO, saying Ukraine should have the right to determine its own destiny. Yet, do they really, <laughs> or was it just a coup? Twenty fourteen. The United States. Was it a CIA coup, color revolution? taken over Ukraine. And what was it before? Well, that was really just kind of a puppet government of Russia prior to that, right? I don't know. The reality is like Finland, right? For a long time, sitting on the border of Russia. One of the first things I learned in my political science classes when I was in university The They talk about other countries sort of around Russia and the Soviet Union, and they talk about the Finlandization of X country. What do they mean by that? It meant that if you're Finland right up there on the border of a superpower like Soviet Union or Russia, you have to live with the reality of living next to a superpower. You've got a giant dinosaur, and if they roll over, they'll crush you. Because you're just a little country, so you have to do what they say. Just like Canada, honestly, living, existing, right next to the United States. Superpower, we toe the line. The United States wouldn't have it any other way. Why do you think we didn't build the Avro Aero fighter jet? The United States didn't want us to. That was just a little too much power for us to have even as an ally. And yet some people today are questioning how allied we are with the United States. Just talk to Lieutenant Steve Rogers. He's ready to uh, you know, come up here and do something with his SOS campaign and uh, worried about Chinese influence. And I don't think he's entirely wrong. So maybe it's a good thing we're not building fighter jets up here. They would have been up here maybe a while ago because of all the Chinese influence we're seeing in our society and within our government. The corruption, the money flowing, the level of Chinese influence in our institutions, including our universities and Chinese police stations on Canadian soil. Oh, my goodness. How far can we be trusted? We have that level of foreign influence within our government but if putin is talking about ukraine as though it's a civil war suggesting that it's really Russian territory anyway i get why i you know you see now you've justified the western argument for continued military intervention in that country if you believe in The existence of an independent ukraine and i think that that would be in the best interests of both parties honestly is if you could have an independent ukraine independent truly independent neutral act as a buffer between the two now both sides agree to stay the heck out of there leave the ukrainian people alone to determine their destiny on their own and to trade with whomever they want to to do whatever trade deals they want to do, but no, can't have that. No, got to have, got to have control over it, I guess. So you create the illusion of sovereignty within ukraine i suppose but it's not going to matter which side wins you're going to have one side or the other controlling it and i think we know where that's going ultimately i was saying before though you know i don't long like i've been saying all along i don't think putin really wanted maybe even still doesn't want to have to control all of ukraine because i think he's going to have to deal with a lot of resistance there if Indeed, Russia does take over, but I think we might be headed that way now that it's been stated publicly that the United States is uh, getting to the end of its uh, funding train for Ukraine. <sighs> what an incredible waste, what, what a waste of human blood. And uh, I'm no big fan of Vladimir Zelensky. We all know that. But if you want to get to the truth and you really want to understand things, you have to listen to people on both sides, all sides. Take it all into consideration and understand their perspective. Try to put yourself in their shoes. So I totally get what he was saying there. Russia is lining up on the side of the jihadists or opposed to Israel and the United States. Because it's in their interest to do so geopolitically. Don't know about morally or ethically. They'll wrap themselves in the flag of anti-colonialism and anti-imperialism. And uh, yeah, they're all doing that and they'll use the anti- American anti-capitalist rhetoric and ideology to bind these forces together. The forces of jihadism, fascism, communism, socialism, because it's all socialism. It's all anti-Americanism. It's all anti-capitalism. That's a powerful binding force. And then you combine that with the old anti-Semitic tropes and the old rhetoric and stories that come from the protocols of the elders of Zion, which were a prelude to what came in Mein Kampf. And we've been seeing updated, modernized versions of those tropes rolled out even here in the West. I've been watching it. you're being exposed to it constantly. Me too. Unwittingly, unknowingly. I didn't even realize it for a long time. But it's been going on for years. Especially the last three. And it is shaping and twisting and distorting people's perceptions and ideas and attitudes toward other people. And it's fueling a lot of what we're seeing in the streets. And it is... One of the reasons I no longer recognize some of the people I thought I knew. And I'm sure that when I'm sitting here talking about this, the vast majority of you probably don't even know what I was talking about there a minute ago. when I said, or made reference to the protocols of the elders of Zion. Hate to even direct you to it. Don't mean to, but I'm making you aware of it because it's at the heart of this ideology. And it's dangerous stuff. It's powerful. It's been around for a long time. It was definitely a factor in the anti-Semitism that accompanied World War II. And it was an inspiration to Adolf Hitler. It's all there. The Nazis, Hitler. They didn't they, they they didn't invent racism. They didn't invent anti-Semitism. They didn't invent <laughs> any of what they did. They were just really efficient. Yeah. <laughs> Whole
0: world, Maverick News, the world is watching. News The World is Watching.
1: All right, let's move on to some other stuff. I've been going on about all this Israel and stuff for too long, but this is kind of related in a roundabout sort of loose way. Julia Roberts. In the spotlight right now, because she's starring in that movie, Leave the World Behind, that we did sort of a review of the other night. She plays a mom who, you know, decides we're going to leave the world behind. We're going on vacation. And the vacation takes them down the highway to an apocalyptic cyber attack that is really weird to say the least. And some are saying it's predictive programming. They're telling us what they plan on doing to us, you know, as we have blackouts and in this movie and satellites going awry because of these hackers who have, Uh, attacked the United States and Kevin Bacon plays a prepper who is portrayed as kind of a, I would say a pretty hard line, hard nosed, hard ass patriot. comes out on his porch with a gun and basically tells the people that he knows to get off his property, get off my lawn. It lays out the premise for a race war, a civil war within the United States. All of it kind of unfolding because of, um, or that the main thrust of the attack is some entity or government or people within the government itself that uses cyber warfare against the people and society falls apart because computer system, the internet's all falling apart. A lot of messaging in there, but you know, the movie itself produced in part by the Obamas. And what I'm seeing On the outside of the movie, within the Hollywood industry, within the talk show circuit, as Julia Roberts is making the rounds to promote the movie and herself, she's also promoting other things. It's part of a program. We've had people on this program talking about drugs, specifically magic mushrooms, LSD, marijuana advocating for its use. We've seen government here in Canada pushing it. Our government, which for most of my lifetime had declared a war on drugs, now they've become the drug pushers. It's legalized, you can buy weed in stores, um, And now we're seeing all this media pumped through to us through the mainstream media, government controlled, I might add, telling us that mushrooms and psilocybin, it's all good for us in some way, and that it offers therapeutic benefits, especially for people who have mental health issues. They want to use it for veterans who suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder. I'm not convinced. I understand you guys, you know, you're gonna have your own views on this. Everybody does. But I'm, I'm afraid because of what I've been watching, especially over the past year. And because of what I just saw today with Julia Roberts being interviewed on what's this guy's name? I don't watch him. Um typical Hollywood stuff. Andy Cohen, right. Okay. Andy Cohen they make uh, make, make make a very public display of his homosexuality. You just google the guy's name and they're like is Andy does Andy Cohen have a husband? I don't really care. You know, it's all celebrity talk. They also make a big deal out of him being Jewish, as you'll see in this clip. Just look behind him. You'll see it. That's okay. I'm just saying it's what that side pushes, these neoliberal, you know. So, I mean, and Julia Roberts, she's on the left for sure. Then she makes this movie, which is produced by the Obamas, viewed by many and maybe it is predictive programming telling us what they're about to do to us or even what they are doing to us right now with this futuristic apocalyptic set in present day, sci-fi, not so science fictiony, maybe reality based conspiracy theory, reality thing movie. And then what does she talk about on this show? What was the hardest drug she's ever done? That's the question for her. And she provides an answer. Um, Well, maybe you've already, maybe you've already seen the interview. Maybe you're maybe seeing the stories about this. Come on now. I want to get this up full screen. All right, let's do it this way. We'll do it this way. i'm telling you my view on this is that what we're witnessing here is not just an interview with a celebrity we are witnessing propaganda we are witnessing part of the psyop with julia roberts you watch this and then i'll explain on the other side
5: Julia kept us on the edge of our seats in the Pelican Brief, but she's about to star in the clubhouse version of a hair-raising legal thriller. Julia Roberts, the time has come for you to plead the fifth. Here we go. I have three questions. Okay. You may plead the fifth. I'm starting to sweat. To only one. I am two. Okay, so okay. you have three questions, and I can plead the fifth to only one. Exactly. On. All right. Julia. Yes. Who is your least favorite real housewife of all time? Oh. Well, um, I'm going to say who went to prison? Um, Jen Cha? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying that because she's in prison. Okay. She's gone. I I feel safe. Can't come after you. Okay. Very good. Very good. Smart. Wow. The woman. Okay. Julia Roberts, what is the hardest drug you've ever tried? Uh, Mushrooms. Mushrooms. Okay. Positive experience? Yeah, it was, it was nice. Yeah, okay, very good. Not going to lie. Kids, okay. don't try it at home. Yeah, right. Very
1: good. Uh-huh. uh-huh, Yeah. Okay, so that's making a lot of headlines. It was nice. Oh, kids, don't try it at home. You know what, man? <laughs> Opposite is the message. She's a celebrity. It's just casually mentioned as one of the... What's, what's the hardest drug you've ever done? Like, everybody does drugs now. Everybody just does it, right? It's just normal. That's what they're doing here. They're normalizing drugs, drug use. Maybe you like doing drugs. You're That's your choice, I suppose. But man, when I grew up, <laughs> that wasn't what was going on. You would never see that. In primetime or in late night talk shows, not talk like that. Not really. Well, no, I mean... You saw it through music. You saw it in rock bands. You saw it in the music industry. Heard it, right? But not on television, not like that. And, you know, movies, you saw references to it, of course. And just, but it's, it was always sort of taboo, right? Taboo. Now it's promotion. I see it all the time. I hear it. I tune into CBC radio. I've heard so much talk about, you know, the benefits of LSD. I don't know, man. I'm not convinced uh, all this talk about rewiring people's brains. People having a hard enough time dealing with reality. And what am I seeing online? I'm seeing people being exposed to this massive psyop on multiple, 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 multiple fronts. And what do we know about the MK Ultra program, mind control program? What was the drug that they used? In those experiments back in the, especially the 60s and 70s, LSD, in order to reprogram people's minds. And they turned some of those people into vegetables. Truth, it happened. It's real. There's that lawsuit in Canada happened in Montreal on Canadian soil. US government officials intelligence up here and, and involved in the experimentation through the MK Ultra Mind Control programs and we know that the key drug used was LSD. And what are they promoting? LSD. What are the, What is magic mushroom? Suicide. Normalizing it. What was her movie just about? It was about collapse of society, about Preppers, people who engage in conspiracy theories, people who are engaged in always sucking up information through the internet. I don't know. Smells smells to me. They want you taking the stuff. They want you paranoid, but you open to suggestion. They don't want you thinking straight. They want to fill you full of fear. And then they want to pump your head full of information and that's what they're doing. Who's they? Lots of different people, lots of different players coming from different sides, foreign governments, our own government, uh, just all of them, the thems, the theys, the people in the shadows, the puppet masters, the people behind the scenes, The intelligence agencies, the lettered agencies, I don't know. I will say this. I think that uh, more of it's coming from outside forces than you realize. And they've convinced you that it's your own government doing it to you. When in reality, it isn't. Because some of what's coming at you from your own government is really foreign governments operating through your government because they've infiltrated your government. You don't know who to fight back against when we just don't know. Shadow, fighting shadows. You can't think straight, man. When your brain is all rewired, I want my wiring straight. I don't want my positive going over to my negative so that it makes a spark and colorful lights. And look at the shiny multicolored kaleidoscope of lights. No, I want to see clearly. I want to think straight. I don't do drugs. I don't drink. I don't do it. I want my mind clear. That's me. Maybe some other people have so much pain in their lives that they can't cope with reality. So maybe the only way they can escape is by using drugs. Well, Julia Roberts just gave you license to do it because she helped normalize it. That's my opinion. Do what you want. But I'm seeing a lot of people sucked down into places where they just can't get out of their minds. They're not thinking straight. We're seeing all kinds of crazy things happening. We're seeing pilots do mushrooms one day and then off duty, but flying in the cockpit, reach for the controls and try to crash an airplane because they the guy thinks he's still asleep and wants to wake up what else was he exposed to? What was he watching online after taking or consuming those mushrooms and that psilocybin that screwed up his mind? What triggered him? What made him do that? Why are we seeing all these people, these active shooters? And it's not just mushrooms. I'm certain that it's probably prescription drugs too. It's all these mind altering, psychoactive chemicals that they're encouraging you to ingest. And I would even include alcohol in that. During the pandemic, what was still open? Weed shops and the and the alcohol shops, right? You could go get any kind of mood and mind-altering substance that they've deemed to be illegal that you wanted, but you couldn't go to the local uh, shoe store owned by mom and pop. But everybody had to have their weed and their alcohol. Why? So you could sit at home, have your mind numbed, where you sat in front of the internet and they fed you fear porn and specific messaging designed specifically for you. Yeah. We've had warnings. we had warnings. We've had warnings about this for decades. We did. George Orwell's 1984, Aldous Huxley, Brave New World. Even Paul Harvey. Before there was Rush Limbaugh, there was Paul Harvey. Yeah, you remember Paul Harvey? 1965. Let me find the clip here for you. Paul Harvey, if I were the devil, where'd that clip go? He warned us all about it, you know? The times were different then. We still had something of a, I would say a moral compass back in 1965 Let me find it again here. I've lost it. I think as a society, we have lost our moral compass, folks. Paul Harvey tried to warn us about it. lot of you have, but I'm going to run it for you right now. Maybe I'm just getting old. Maybe I'm an old fuddy-duddy. I'm an old fuddy-duddy. Maybe I'm just a square. Maybe I'm boring. Maybe I'm no fun, but I want my damn country back. If I were the
6: devil, if I were the devil, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I would just keep right on doing what he's doing.
2: Yeah.
1: How much of that has come true? All of it. What did we see today? In my home province of Ontario, the premier, Doug Ford. He says that um, they're going to allow beer and wine sales in Ontario convenience stores by 2026. Made an announcement today. News conference. Yeah, got to give people more access to the booze more societal problems from that drug than probably any others. So let's make it more
7: accessible.
1: Here's Doug Ford.
7: Thank you for joining us for this very special announcement. In 2018, we made a promise to you. We made a promise to the people of Ontario to bring beer and wine to convenience in grocery stores across Ontario. Today, we're thrilled be delivering on that commitment with the largest expansion of consumer choice and convenience since the end of prohibition almost 100 years ago by no later than january 2026 people in ontario will be able to buy beer wine cider and other ready-to-drink alcohol beverages like coolers and seltzers at their local convenience store just like this one or at grocery and big box stores spirits like vodka gin and whiskey will continue to be sold at the lcbo this expanded marketplace will give people more choice more convenience and more time folks we all have busy lives so just imagine on a friday night in december instead of being stuck in a long lineup at the lcbo you'll be able to pop into your local convenience store or Grab a bottle of wine at a a local retail or big box store before heading out to the holiday party. Or in the summer, you'll be able to buy a case of beer at a grocery or big box store while you're stocking up on food and snacks ahead of your vacation up north or out east at the cottage. These new rules finally put Ontario in line with Quebec and other provinces and pretty well everywhere else in the world because there's absolutely no reason that people in Ontario shouldn't enjoy the same convenient shopping experience as other Canadians do. In addition to the expanded marketplace, we're going to remove restrictions on the size of bundled packages so that people can purchase a 12 pack, 24 packs or even 30 packs of beer, cider and ready to drink alcohol beverages regardless of where they make their purchase. And we're going to make sure Ontario-made products, including wine and craft beer, continue to receive dedicated shelf space. And that local producers receive the supports they need to grow their sales and protect their workforce. This new open marketplace is going to create new opportunities for local brewers, wineries, and retailers. It's going to support local jobs, and most importantly, It's going to give people more choice and convenience. (coughs) Friends, since we're first elected in office in 2018, our government has been working hard to make life easier and more convenient for Ontario families. All across government, we're putting customers first. We're modernizing outdated regulations and reducing and eliminating unnecessary red tape that costs people time and money. We're working for you. Thank you to everyone for joining us today. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and may God bless the people of Ontario. Thank you.
1: Okay, whatever. We've heard this kind of rhetoric for a long time. And here's second. Okay, let's take another quick break while I get this thing up.
0: Is watching.
1: Okay, so we're just gonna dip back into that for just a moment because I do want to run his response to these questions about safety and the impact on society. Here we go.
4: An outlet. It'll be one question and one follow up. First question.
7: Premier, it's Richard Sovert with City oh, News. Richard. How are you doing? How are you? Good. How are you? Fantastic. Uh, are you excited about buying a case of beer? <laughs> uh, right now, I'm, I'm working, Premier. I might have to wait. I'm um, <laughs> not stop you. I'm oh, yeah. sorry. Go
5: ahead. <laughs> you might get some more favorable press. Uh, you, you know, you bill it as a convenience factor, pick Here up is. some beer before you're going out to the dinner party. Yep. But do you think we really need it? Do you think it's safe to be able to buy a white claw at a gas station at seven in the morning as you're going to allow?
7: Yeah, absolutely, Richard. You know, we got to start treating people like uh, adults here in the province. It's right across our country. It's across all fifty states. To be very frank, it's across the world. We're the only jurisdiction uh, that still uh, had uh, really an area that you could only buy beer. The beer store, and by the way, the beer store has been great partners, and we're going to continue working with them. And I just want to thank them, and I want to thank their their team. Uh, we're going to continue having a great relationship with them. My follow-up is from my colleague, Cynthia Mulligan. Sure. She wants to know what's
5: going on with you and Bonnie Crombie. It seems personal. You haven't congratulated her, which is standard protocol. You say in the legislature she has a house in the Hamptons, which she doesn't. Yet, you have a place in Muskoka and Florida. Are you Uh, afraid of Bonnie Crombie, sir?
7: No. You you know something? We're going to continue focusing on what what we're doing, Uh, continue lowering taxes on businesses, the $8 billion with... Okay, that's enough. That's just politics.
1: You know what's going to change where I live because of this? It's going to start looking a lot more like big cities in the U.S. When I go to Detroit or I go to other big cities in the U.S., the people working in convenience stores and gas bars, they're sitting behind often bulletproof glass. When I go to a convenience store in my hometown right now, they're just sitting out in the open. Everything, all the merchandise is just out there in the open. And in a lot of places, you know, in, in these bigger cities, um, when I go visit, all the alcohols kept behind the bulletproof glass or it might be out in the open, but, um, more robberies, more desperate people. You're going to see more crime. I think as a result of that, and you'll likely see people behind bulletproof glass or plexiglass at a minimum where, uh, People can't get to them. I mean, we're, we've started to see some of that anyway, right? Because our society is deteriorating in such a, a dramatic fashion. Because again, we've lost our moral compass. Um, we're seeing an attack on the middle class. We're seeing more poverty, more homelessness, and more mental illness, more drug use, more addiction, more alcoholism as a result of all these societal pressers, pressures. This is, I mean, I'm all for the free market. I I like freedom. I like convenience. I'm not, I just, throwing it out there, there's going to be a downside. Going to pay a big price for that convenience. I just, uh, I, I miss the before times. You know, the before times, look at what's going on here, man. Like, have you seen this story about the the meta face camera? It's, it's eyeglasses and it's a camera, so people don't know you're wearing a camera on your face. People are worried, you know, you're worried about the lampposts out in front of your house because of you know the 15 minute city stuff. No, 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 no. This is the stuff you should be focused on right here. Face camera holds a new age of surveillance. This is Yahoo News. So this reporter, Brian Chen, he's had these glasses uh, from Meta to test drive. So he's been wearing them for two weeks. They're $300. They're Ray-Ban Meta glasses. They work like a phone that you wear on your face. It says Meta can help you live in the moment while sharing what you see with the world. You can live stream a concert on Instagram while watching the performance. So just what you see is what they get as opposed to holding up a phone. So they're trying to shift away from computing on a smartphone know you're holding up your phone on a screen and they just want to put it on your face. So it's almost like it's the next step toward integrating the metaverse into your human experience. Meta, Apple and Magic Leap have all been hyping mixed reality headsets that use cameras to allow their software to interact with objects in the real world. So Zuckerberg Tuesday posted a video on Instagram demonstrating how the smart glasses could use artificial intelligence to scan a shirt and help him pick out a pair of matching pants. Wearable face computers, the company say, could eventually change the way we live and work for Apple, uh, which is preparing to release its high-tech goggles. The $3,500 Vision Pro headset next year, a pair of smart glasses that look nice and accomplish interesting tasks are the end goal. So for the past seven years, it says here, headsets have remained unpopular, largely because they are bulky and aesthetically off-putting. The minimalist design of the Ray-Ban metaglasses represents how smart glasses might look one day if they succeed. The past lightweight wearables, such as the Google Glass from a decade ago and the Spectacle sunglasses released by Snap in 2016 were flops. Talks here about... um, this guy, testing them out, said they were kind of distracting while he was wearing them. It diminished his ability to perform at a top level when doing things like rock climbing because they were distracting to him. But um, says here that privacy is the main concern privacy eroded it says to inform people that they are being photographed the ray-ban metaglasses include a tiny led light embedded in the right frame to indicate when the device is recording when a photo is snapped it flashes momentarily when a video is recording it is continuously illuminated says as i shot 200 photos and videos with the glasses in public including on bart trains on hiking trails and in parks no one looked at the led light or confronted me about it and why would they it would be rude to comment on a stranger's glasses, let alone stare at them. So, just, uh, you know, just, it normalizes the use of cameras everywhere. It's not the lamppost in front of your house. It's the guy standing next to you. The guy with the... Not as on his cell phone... It'll be on his face now. You have literally cameras everywhere, folks. I've been telling you, it's not the lamppost. It's these things. It's the phones. And soon glasses. And then maybe something they connect you directly to through some sort of a so You jacked into the matrix, I guess. Neuralink. It's coming so there's that and then today the pope weighs in on the use of ai he's concerned even the pope's worried about it pope's calling for a binding treaty to regulate artificial intelligence and i don't want to scare you i just want to alert you because this is coming whether we like it or not and again Better learn how to live with it, be aware of it and protect yourself in whatever ways that we need to moving into the future. And that does include calling for legislation to regulate. I think this technology has already progressed to a point where it might already be dangerous to us as humans. Pope Francis, it says here, called for an international treaty to ensure artificial intelligence is developed and used ethically, arguing that the risks of technology lacking human values of compassion, mercy, morality, and forgiveness are too great. Francis added his voice to increasing calls for binding global regulation of AI in his annual message for the World Day of Peace, which the Catholic Church celebrates each January 1st. The Vatican released the text of the message today. For Francis, the appeal is somewhat personal. Earlier this year, an AI-generated image of him wearing a luxury white puffer jacket went viral, showing just how quickly realistic deepfake imagery can spread online. We're seeing a lot of deepfake stuff, which is another reason why I question everything I'm seeing now. Even the non-AI stuff, the... uh, The tools available even to me as a video producer are mind-blowing. Just yesterday I was fed an ad for some video assets to produce special effects with explosions to make it look like things are in a war zone. And as I was looking at these pre-packaged effects that you can roll into various kinds of video production that I can do right here on the computer I'm on right now, You can make stuff look very, very real. You could fabricate an entire war online and convince people that it's real when it isn't. And we've been seeing stuff coming out of both of these wars that are absolute fabrications 100%. Not all of it, but some of it. And it's being used to manipulate people. That's also part of the PSYOP. And I think if you are on some sort of a substance, you're more likely to be susceptible to it. And I think that's exactly the way the government likes it. And not just our government, foreign governments too. Francis acknowledged the promise AI offers and praised technological advances as a manifestation of the creativity of human intelligence, echoing the message the Vatican delivered at this year's UN General Assembly, where a host of world leaders raised the promise and perils of the technology, indeed. So he's sounding the alarm on this stuff. But our governments, too, they know there's no turning back. They have to embrace this. They have to win. I can tell you that China is spending the most. They're spending about 10 times more than the United States to develop this technology. It isn't just the military applications. It's the implications that it's going to have on the economy. You have such disruption through ai you have massive quantitative easing in the economy that is to say money printing and an inflation of the currency and a devaluation of fiat currencies around the world especially the us dollar putting it in peril you need massive productivity increases in order to pay for that debt i don't think or i think we're almost at a point where Human productivity alone might not be enough to pay those debts off. That's also why we're on the precipice of a third world kinetic war. But AI could offer a path to a solution. AI could create massive, massive economies of scale and new efficiencies in the industrial world, in the world of data, in the world of economic realities. Artificial intelligence to create a new economic reality where productivity gets us to a place where we can produce our way out of our debt using artificial intelligence. But who pays ultimately? These are going to be complicated questions. Who's going to buy all the stuff that is produced? Where's the balance in that? And how is that going to affect... Human beings. Well, if you have a massive number of people who are displaced because of artificial intelligence, lose their jobs because of artificial intelligence, then AI must produce enough to take care of those people who are no longer working. Now you have these ideological questions who reaps the benefit? from the artificial intelligence. Do we as a society collectively then benefit from it? Well, we certainly would from the efficiencies because it's going to make goods and maybe even services cheaper en masse. But who gets the profit? Whoever controls the means of production. That's the way the system is set up. In a capitalistic society, whoever invests in it, controls it, profits from it. If you buy a machine that produces widgets, and it's producing widgets incredibly efficiently, much faster than it was when people were assembling them by hand, but you own the machine, you increase your profits, you get to keep the profits, right? Because you've invested in the machine that is more productive. Society as a whole benefits because... The cost of those widgets comes way down because you've got economies of scale and more efficiencies. But you also become incredibly rich. Society benefits with lower costs, but doesn't partake necessarily in the profits directly. Then maybe you take those profits, invest in something else, people get other jobs as a result of that. And I think probably we're going to end up in you know, moving toward a pathway that way and society as a whole will prosper. But what if there is no alternative employment for people? And they're just sitting there unemployed, useless eaters in the eyes of the state, what are they going to do with all these people who have been displaced, all of us, even doctors and lawyers and white-collar workers? What are we going to do with them all? What's the government going to do with everybody? Now you're just a burden on society. You're not producing anything. You just need your food and your water, and your shelter, and your car, and your yard, and your dog, and your drugs, and your pharmaceuticals, and your health care, and you want all this stuff, and you want it for free, and you want it right now, and you got to have it, and if you don't have it, then you're going to get out on the streets and protest, and you're going to be angry with the government because you're not living, you're just existing, and you want more, and the government's promised to keep you. And you're going to get massive crowds out into the streets protesting because everybody's unemployed, can't afford to put food on the table, got no job, got no income. But the big man at the top, he's got the machine, the AI, intelligence machine, and he's controlling the world. How's that for a dystopian future? And what are they going to blame it on? Capitalism. Hmm. then we're hearing people like, you know, talking about a revolution. Think that might spark one? Maybe. Could happen. Sooner than we think. One year, two years, three years, four years, five years. I think we got that long. I'm hearing that maybe they've discovered something already. But they don't want to tell us about because it's just so darn scary. I do know this. AI, once you get to AGI, Artificial General Intelligence, man, I've been playing with it myself. And this stuff is powerful and it's fast and it's going to grow at an exponential rate. It already is. But in the past year, I've seen such a huge explosion in the use of AI. We're not ready. We've barely learned how to deal with the internet <laughs> God help us all because uh, the Terminator is coming
8: The New World Order Government Overreach The Great Reset Mainstream Media Lies Now more than ever Independent Voices are needed Donate now at FreedomReporters.com That's freedomreporters.com Maverick News The Antivirus Program For Your Mind
9: Jingle bells, Trudeau smells, Biden laid an egg, Klaus Schwab's deal has no appeal, but tomorrow is a brand new day. Hey everyone, have a Merry Maverick Christmas and a magnificent new year.
1: like it makes me smile makes me feel like a kid every time I run that thing needed that especially after all the doom and gloom I was spreading and you shouldn't be too doomy and gloomy about it because as much as I see all the darkness in the AI stuff I do see a positive side to it too and I'm not all you know negative about it I do see that you know if we just prepare ourselves we can be okay. yes, we can. In fact, I've been thinking about some different things that could create new opportunities for everybody, still formulating some of these uh, these ideas and ways to you know cope and even capitalize on these new technologies that are emerging moving ahead. and it reminds me of something that happened back in two thousand. Hard to believe that that is. Over two decades ago now remember the y2k scare i had to i was working in television at the time and i was in 1999 going on new year's eve heading into the year 2000 i was given the task of producing a five-part documentary series on the y2k computer scare what was that well computers in those days weren't set up on the date to go past 1999 they were going to reset to like 0000 instead of going to 2000 and um, there was a lot of concerns that planes might drop out of the sky because the computers weren't going to be able to weren't going to know what day it was and everything was going to go crazy and you could have Blackouts, power grid go offline, all the kind of exactly the same concerns then that we hear about now. You could have the, the ICBMs launch in nuclear war because the computers go crazy. Don't fly, they said, don't fly on New Year's Eve because the planes could I had to do a five-part documentary series. I had to go around and do a bunch of interviews, use with, with experts, and I said at the time to the news director, "I said, really? <laughs> I don't know if I really want to do this story. It's pretty dark, and uh, I'm not. I don't really know if I believe it." Anyway, a lot of talk about it at the time. So I did. This, I did the whole series. It was all vetted. And uh, it went to air right up to the day of New Year's Eve. And then New Year's Eve came and midnight came. And you know what happened? Nothing. (laughs) The whole world was afraid. It was like the 5G zombie apocalypse that was supposed to happen and never did. The Y2K thing, too. People were freaking out. Not as bad as they freak out now because the internet just wasn't as much of a thing back then, right? But, oh, yeah, everybody was just so afraid in 1999. I remember. I remember I went around. I interviewed all kinds of people. It was all that thing. We ran that on television for five straight days. Short little mini docs, documentaries leading right up to New Year's Eve. And then nothing, nothing. Computers just kind of rolled over <laughs> and no planes fell out of the sky. No power grids went down. No issues. We survived and we're still here. What, 23 years later? Still alive, still kicking. You want to know what it was real funny? I didn't want to do that series. I tried to be balanced about it, but I had to acknowledge that some people were sounding the alarm. We had experts sounding the alarm, we had people who were really afraid. That was the truth. That was what was going on. The documentary series reflected the reality of the day. But by the time we got to January 1st and nothing happened, attitudes suddenly changed and people went, wow, phew, dodged that bullet. So then first day back to work after the uh, holiday season, my news director calls me to his office. And he says, uh, you know, got a lot of complaints about your series. Seems like kind of went too far. It was like, uh, I don't remember his exact words, but basically I was accused of fear mongering. I said, I didn't want to do it to begin with. You made me. That was the truth. And it was kind of scary stuff, but I never really believed it was ever going to happen. And it never did. Nobody convinced me otherwise and nothing happened. So as I sit back looking at this, folks, artificial intelligence and 15-minute cities, I've been there already. I've done this. It's going to be okay. Even with all the psyops and, you know, getting people stoned and then watching videos where they're like, they're sending you messages, to manipulate your brain, to convince you to do whatever it is they want you to do. I don't know. Uh, just even to think in a particular way, Whatever it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. We're going to figure it all out in the end. It's just very disruptive right now. And there are a lot of people who like like to focus on the negative crap, the negative crap, the negative, 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 negative. You like it, actually. It's just a fact. People are like that. They don't want positive stuff. Everybody seems to want the negative stuff. We thrive on it as human beings. Don't know what it is. Everybody. Likes the negative news. That's what sells. That's what builds channels. Why do you think my channel here, your channel, our channel, this network that we've got set up, why do you think we're not as big as some of these other ones? Because I don't engage in it in the same way that they do. I'll draw your attention to some of the negative stuff. But now I'm sitting here saying, still going to be okay. We're going to get through it. Don't worry about it. And you know what? I'm not, this is nothing new. Paul Harvey, again, he addressed this um, a number of years ago when he was still with us. He's passed away, of course. Bring him back up again. He was speaking at uh, Kansas State, giving a lecture, and he actually addressed this whole thing about positive news and why it doesn't work. (laughs) It's because, folks, Uh, generally speaking, people don't want it. They want to be scared. They want the fear. They want the fear porn. I think it's because it creates a, uh, I don't know, an adrenaline rush of some kind that people experience and then get addicted to in some way. Here's Paul Harvey talking about this very thing.
10: Paul? Paul Harvey, why don't you newsmen report more good news? Instead of all of that tragedy and destruction and discord and disaster and dissent, well, now wait a minute. My own network, ABC, once tried broadcasting a program of just good news. You know how long that lasted? 13 weeks not enough listeners wanted to listen to Just Good News. In Sacramento, California, a little tabloid called itself The Good Newspaper, printed Just Good News, lasted 36 months before it went bankrupt. far as I believe will ascertain, there's only one newspaper in the USA today printing Just Good News. It's a little tabloid, comes out once a week in Indiana, and they have to give it away. Because that good news that you all keep saying you want, you just won't buy. And that's why you can listen to any broadcast and records are crashing and it's the worst wind and the worst flood or fire or earthquake or whatever because noise makes news and sex and noise and sin make news. And one gunshot makes more noise than a thousand prayers, doesn't mean it's more important just that it sells more newspapers. Weather forecasting, that ought to be the easiest job in the world. All you have to say is 50% chance of rain, then whether it rains or not, you're right. (laughs) I guess I must add in deference to our Chicago forecasters that they did predict 11 of last winter's two snowstorms (laughs) <laughs> we never did have such uncomfortable winters before somebody invented that chill factor. Uh-huh. And with increasing competition for your attention from a multiplicity of media, the situation is steadily worsening. <laughs> Birth control pills are good for you. Birth control pills are bad for you. Take your choice. Oh, in Jackson, Mississippi, last April... The uh, IRS office got a phone call from a fellow who wanted to know are birth control pills deductible? And uh, the alert IRS agent on the other end of the phone said, uh, Only if they don't work. <laughs> <laughs> and news isn't just news anymore, it's a round the clock warning. You know, one issue of the Wall Street Journal. One issue says aspirin's good for you and aspirin's bad for you, and now the Food and Drug Administration wants to, de- wants to declare mother—the FDA wants to declare mother's milk unsafe. <laughs> the Food and Drug Administration suspects that mother's milk may be unsafe, but so far nobody has been able to ascertain where to put the warning label. <laughs> Let me see if I can help you better to understand today's headlines. For one thing, bad news pays. I'm on a foundation board, the MacArthur Foundation, which dispenses large sums for research, and I can tell you that a lot of scholars and a lot of institutions secure money for research by producing bad news about population. about resources, about environment. For another thing, there's a demonstrable fascination with. There's a proof public preference for bad news because what's bad news to somebody is good news to many. The listener or the reader of bad news can say to himself, well, at least I'm not as bad or as bad off as those fellows. And Then the printer whose printing machine broke down or the builder who bid too low or the salesman who lost a sale or the farmer who lost a crop or the wildcatter who drilled a duster, he can see his problem is not so bad after all. After all, bad news is good news. The reader does not want to read about some rich man who's healthy and happily married. (laughs) That might tend to make the reader feel sorry for himself. (laughs) But if the rich man is divorced or diseased or loses his money, That's more interesting reading, because then the reader can feel himself to be better off. There's always somebody in any hospital ward just enough worse off to help us feel comparatively fortunate, and noisy news serves that purpose. And thus the plane crash, which does not involve you, the billionaire in bankruptcy, the charity boss caught stealing. The movie actor charged with murder. These will continue to be on page one for as long as the fire, which burns them warms the rest of us. I'm not going to talk politics today. I just don't think it's appropriate. However, we're going to have a question session after I finish with these remarks, and if you ask politically related questions, then the responsibility becomes yours, you see, not mine. <laughs> but I will concede that it, isn't, it is entirely possible when we speak of noisy news that a former president, Mr. Clinton, might very likely have his likeness one day engraved on the side of Mount Rushmore, if only from the waist down.
2: (laughs)
1: Okay. Okay, okay. you get in the picture, right? <laughs> Maybe a little too graphic of uh, Bill Clinton. <laughs> oh, man. Um, what can I say? It's going to be okay, guys. It's going to be okay. Hey, do you want me to scare the crap out of you? <laughs> okay, let's scare the crap out of each other. Let's, uh, let's look at this video. How about this one? all right if that was too positive for you uh let's watch this are you ready brace yourself it's gonna be scary gonna be real scary
5: welcome to the new world order this new world order will be a new society and features lots of changes. This new society is great for some and not so great for others. In the new world order, you will learn to love to live more modestly. You do not need to own things when you can simply lease them from your loving government approved companies. We will transform our current pollution ridden cities to something much more beautiful and you will love it life in the new world order will be um, different in this new perfect world cash will be illegal everyone will be issued a certain amount of global credits which will be the only way you can buy and sell in the new society these digital financial credits will also be tied to your social credits scores your credit scores will become your digital footprint and will be used to control your travel what you can buy where you can live, your energy usage, medical access, everything you do will be in a government database. This is great. You will be issued more credits if you are good and promote our new system. Citizens will be given less global credits if they ever criticize the New World Order. If you are non-binary, a demented pedophile can barely think, worship the devil, and help promote the New World Order, you will be greatly rewarded with extra credit each month. Since robots and AI will replace most jobs, you will have more time to play your favorite video games and watch more Netflix. This is so great! In the new society, parents will not be allowed to make decisions for their children. The government will raise your kids. Each child will be assigned a state-sponsored caseworker. These caseworkers will teach your kids that everything is racist, how to be queer or gender fluid, and teach them about all the different sex positions. If you object to your caseworkers teaching techniques, or if you object to the caseworker sleeping with your child, everyone in your family will be docked global credits and your family could be relocated to a FEMA camp. Resistance is foolish. Meet Stacy. Stacy is one of our best caseworkers. Careful, look the other oh. way. Don't look at this. Stacy could be in charge of one of your kids. How great would that be? In this new world order, it's important to follow the rules. Certain websites will be illegal. Daddy, what is Infowars.com?
8: Lowcraft.
5: Illegal! If you see something, say something. You as a citizen should report your neighbors if they aren't following the new rules. You have the power to make the world better. Caring, reporting, assisting, progressive, C-R-A-P, which stands for crap. You too can be a piece of crap and will be greatly rewarded. As we see here, this man misgendered a man lady. The police are dealing with him in the most fitting way. This offender seen here did not recycle his paper straws. If you don't like this, you will be sentenced to death by lethal injection.
8: Brought to you by Pfizer.
5: Things will get so bad in our society, your family will be begging for the new world order. You will need the government in order to survive. In this new utopia, If you do not comply with our new laws and regulations, our totally not corrupt federal and local judges will make sure that you are given the proper penalties, jail, financial ruin, death penalty, anything is possible. As we all adjust to the new normal, it's important to remember that you do not matter. Do not complain about the hyperinflation. Do not complain about the higher taxes, and do not complain about Bill Gates' death panels. This is for the greater good. This is what I call happy-making time. Let us all celebrate this new world order, the new world order. Please stay a while. We won't keep you for long. We'll keep you forever, forever,
2: forever,
5: forever.
2: <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Like I said, it's gonna be okay. Alex Jones is back on Twitter. What could what could go wrong? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Let's just watch this again. <laughs>
9: jingle bells trudeau smells biden laid an egg klaus schwab's deal has no appeal but tomorrow is a brand new day hey everyone have a merry maverick christmas and a magnificent new year
1: Twitter ain't big enough for Alex Jones and Andy Cohen. No. See, Andy Cohen, at least part of what Andy Cohen produces, has been taken down off Twitter. He's boycotting it, sort of. Not entirely. Just a bit. Because he wants to virtue signal, but not so much that he's like totally committed to it. Cause you know, I don't know. What can I say? But here it is. Here's page six reporting that what's this show called? Of course we showed him earlier, right? Andy Cohen with Julia Roberts. And, uh, get out of there. Stop advertising there. Okay. Gosh, they just can't stop trying to sell us crap. WWHL producers remove Andy Cohen's after show from X after platform is deemed not safe due to anti-Semitism. And of course, as I said earlier, when you watch that interview, you can see that Andy Cohen is one gay two Jewish. And more than that, they just, he's just, he don't seem to like, Alex Jones (laughs) and, uh, and all the dangerous stuff on X, right? So yeah, this show, it's not, it's, it's, what is it? It's the watch what happens live with Andy Cohen, WWHL. Watch what happens live. Anyway, they pulled their after show from Elon Musk's X, formerly known as Twitter, to prevent their content from showing up alongside anti-Semitic posts. Page six can exclusively reveal, source exclusively tells us Wednesday, the production was concerned about their content living adjacent to inappropriate, hateful, or anti-Semitic advertising or content. Hey, you know, well, you know, I'm seeing the stuff on there. There's no question about it. It's there. All kinds of it. That surprises me, shocks me. Some of it makes me nauseous. But I'm not leaving X. You want free speech? You have to put up with stuff you don't agree with. But they're pulling Andy Cohen down off X. Voluntarily. This is like reverse cancellation. Reverse culture cancel. And they're not happy because a lot of because that one post that Elon Musk retweeted on X. Do you tweet an X or you just X post? I don't know how you call it. What do you call it anymore? So that's kind of where things have wound up there. Um, it's weird. You know, people were being kicked off X and Twitter and Facebook and, you know, Alex Jones was banned. For what, five years? And now, (laughs) now it's gone back the other way. So the people are, some people are just leaving. I'm self-banning myself. What a strange, strange world. Then we have, what do we have here? We got Christmas, right? Oh, Christmas, 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 Christmas. Just in time. You know what I got today, folks? Juicy. Juicy, Juicy. Juicy. One of our regular viewers. I know you've been excited about these, and here they are Exile the Knights of Malta. If you're not a regular viewer and you don't understand what that's about, it's about purging corruption from our political system in a nonviolent way, because we are going to root out the true cause of corruption within our system, and we will exile the Knights of Malta. And now I have t-shirts and these sweatshirts. I have short sleeve tees. As promised, "Exile the Knights of Malta." Short sleeve T-shirts. Anybody that donates thirty dollars or more, I will send you a short sleeve tee. "Exile the Knights of Malta" tonight. Thirty dollars or more, and I will send you one of these T-shirts. They came in today. Let me just put up the. Uh, place to donate. You can donate to support this channel at maverickdonations.com. That's the give, send, go. Great organization, Christian-based, great company, I should say. Do you know that when you set up an account, they at least they did with me, they phoned me personally to thank me for setting it up. Pretty cool. Um, So they're a great place and uh freedomreporters.com that's where most people go that's the uh, the paypal account so you can support us that way you can also donate in the rumble rants but i don't see after people donate afterward exactly um, what has been donated and who did it it's hard for me to uh, fact impossible so to go back and find that information so because i don't provide it um but if you donate here, there will be a record of it. Just put a note on it and you can send me a separate email as well as part of that, but just put a note in the donation and say that you want the, the t-shirt. Tell me what size you want and provide your mailing information or contact info so I can send it to you. Now you can have any color you want as long as it's black. And that's the short sleeve tee. That, so we can send those out for any donation of $30 or more. And I also have long sleeve tees. These are fantastic for sleeping in in the winter. I like them. And uh, this is the cause exile the Knights of Malta, we're gonna root out the corruption. So $30 for a short sleeve, $35 for the long sleeve. Any donation of $35 or more, I'll send you the long sleeve if you want it. Or if it's more than that, just tell me which one you want. Um, And we've got sweatshirts. Exile the Knights of Malta. Again, any color you want, as long as it's black. Exile the Knights of Malta. Sweatshirts. These ones, any donation of 45 or more, 45 or more, so we can cover the shipping and we can send those out as well. Sweatshirts, are more expensive to ship. So 30, 35 or 45 or more, and I will send it to you by Canada Post expedited. You can donate at freedomreporters.com. Please consider subscribing over on the Rumble channel. That's super important to us. We are growing over there. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the uh, hit the notification bell, and then you'll know every time we post new videos. Subscribe over there as well. Uh, we're picking up some new subscribers again, finally, on the YouTube channels. But I I'm I'm so afraid of those guys because they just Ban the heck out of everybody and demonetize everybody over there, on all sides. I just doesn't even make sense to me anymore. And Facebook, we're there too, but they throttle the living daylights out of us now. We had, used to have a huge following on Facebook, and they've pretty much destroyed what we're doing over there. We still have some people watching. It seems to get through, but between the we're not running any news on Facebook and the destruction of our actual news channel, they just basically just shut it down. Some people, it still runs, but only people in the, in the U.S. can see it. And it's throttled there. So I can't even see it. I know it goes out, but I can't even watch it. It's just the way it is. Uh, but like like and uh, share that as well, over on Facebook. And uh, again, you can support us at freedomreporters.com. And uh, yeah, get your Exile the Knights of Malta t-shirts short sleeve long sleeve or your sweatshirt 30 35 or 45 and uh make sure you put that notation in there send me a message let me know how to send it to you and what size you want
2: (laughs)
0: exile the knights of malta maverick news join us the world is watching
1: okay I'm back and leo says if i uh, throw in a male tampon i've got a deal well I don't don't have to source some. I'm going to have to go. You know what? I'll go to the House of Commons, just duck into the men's washroom and uh, scoop a few up because they're free. (laughs) Oh, man. What else? What are you guys saying in the chat tonight? I'm just going to scroll up a little bit and just uh, see what I've been missing. There's somebody here. Steve Harvey. Just... Look how they always fall and fail in their attempts. Not sure what he was referring to there. Are you related to Paul Harvey at all, Steve? Oh, and here's Antonio. Hey, Antonio, how you doing? Thanks for the hope, Rick. LOL. <laughs> Much is true, though. 2 Timothy seven: for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Thank you, my friend. Gina says, yes, Antonio. And uh, Magic Moon says Trudeau socks. (laughs) He does sock. And Tanavir says we are all Nazis. Apparently, everybody's a Nazi these days because (laughs) it doesn't matter what side you're on. The other side's the Nazi. That's the way it works now. Kind of Waters down what it means to be a Nazi. Um Morgan says, repent, repent. They said I wonder what they meant. And Tanvir says, if they say repent to control your mind, run the other way. And Joe says, whatever. Yes, they are. I don't know what are they made of. I think they're Sweatshirts are. little, you can't see it here. These are. Cannot read that. Don't have my glasses on. Getting old. Yeah, I think so. They're 100% cotton. Gildan. Yes, let me check these other ones. What do these ones say? Same tags. I'm not going to be able to read these either. Yeah, they're your basic, everyday, super duper t shirts. 100% cotton. Says so right there on the label. That's what they are cotton. Cotton, pick cotton. Yeah, they're pretty cool. The t-shirt guy did a pretty good job on them. He is super busy over there. I'm sorry it took so long, but I wasn't going to apply pressure on him. Um, I went over there a couple of times and he'd yell from the back. "Says they're not ready yet. And he's like working away feverishly. He's got a couple of people there who help him out. And he was just swamped. He's swamped. He's very busy over there. Good guy. Even though he, he's actually a communist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's said really nasty things to me over the years but it's okay I still go over there I don't hold it against him I hope I hope he doesn't hold it against me because I'm not the fascist that he thinks i am i'm not at all at all he's misjudged me I don't yeah anyway I've tried to explain that to him he's stu- he treats me okay now we're all right we're good we're still good he's a good guy he just doesn't know it yeah he's a capitalistic commie he's running his t-shirt shop yeah he's making a profit for himself that's okay that's what you're supposed to do everybody's got to make a living right no he's, he's he's cool super busy super busy here in town he's he's all right i like him um yeah anyway so there we go um so i've been thinking about christmas um And then I thought, what we should do tonight is just reminisce a little bit. And I was going to do some toy stuff, but then I thought, no, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do a random search. And I found this that I'm going to share with you from Christmas 1977. Just to kind of keep things in perspective here, this is Crazy Eddie. And uh, his Christmas sale of 1977. If this doesn't make you smile, wish for the good old days when electronics were sort of still linear and not digital. We're kind of getting digital a little bit 77. This was the Star Wars era, right? George Lucas. This is the year Star Wars came out. Not that this has anything to do specifically with Star Wars. But this is back in the days when, remember the stereo shops? It was like, in our town, we had like Crazy Kelly's, Wacky Webster's. I don't know if any of those businesses are still uh, up and running. But stereo systems, everybody was into stereos. You could finance a stereo system. I remember that was the big thing. Right, you get these uh, component stereo systems with the the big amplifiers. I've got some speakers right over there, actually, from a system. Just I just remembered that. I they're just over in the corner of the of the room. Great big giant speakers, sound great. I just don't have an amplifier for them anymore. Anyway, Crazy Eddie, he has everything under the sun. Back in nineteen seventy seven, he uh, <laughs> Crazy Eddie. Yeah, he uh, he's going to beat every deal going. Here we go. 1977.
5: It's Crazy Eddie's Christmas Sale, with the craziest prices ever on everything at home entertainment. Audio equipment, color TVs, car stereo, C B S, Sony Betamax, electronic TV games, even calculators and digital watches. Remember, shop around, get your best prices, but don't buy anything, because Crazy Eddie will do better. And that's the Crazy Eddie guarantee. See Crazy Eddie at any one of his great locations or call Crazy Eddie at 645-1196. For the craziest prices ever, it's Crazy Eddie's Christmas Sale. Crazy Eddie won't be beat. Crazy Eddie's prices are insane.
1: I remember, um, I won't mention the, um, I won't say what city I was in, but there was a stereo shop like that, electronic shop. And I was working in TV. This is back in the eighties. And uh, TV station did a whole bunch of uh, ads for this place. The local TV station where I was working at the time. And I've worked in a number of cities, so I'm not calling out any specific one. Anyway they're not a business anymore, but the owner of the shop was having trouble paying his bills. So the sales rep for the television station. And at that time, I mean, it wasn't as corporate back then as it is today. All these local conventional television stations are owned by, you know, the big corporate masters now, but back then um, it was really a network of smaller family owned businesses so the local advertising really paid to keep these places on the air and the owner of the shop was having trouble paying his bills. So the sales rep went over to the shop and he said, "Hey, you got you it's time. You got to pay your bill, man. <laughs> you got to pay." And the guy didn't have any money, didn't have enough money. So he ended up paying in VCRs. And so <laughs> so the uh, the sales rep rep brought back a whole bunch of um vhs player recorders and uh and then i as as i recall the uh, the station <laughs> gave out a bunch of them as uh, as christmas bonuses to to the employees among other things at that time so <laughs> oh yeah Sheepwalker walker says Rent to own Granada, London. Yeah. Yeah, I remember those places. There's still rent-to-own places out there. there. There's one here, right? A couple of them here in my town where I I live. Rent to own. Yeah. And there's Choosy. Hey, Choosy. Did the shirt sell out already in the last night? Nine- no. No. Not yet. Haven't uh, haven't sold out yet, Choosy. But I'm sure they're gonna be a hot commodity. They're gonna be hot. I think they're fun and, and educational, thought-provoking conversation starter. And uh, what's to say here? Let me guess. I miss Buckley and the shirt sold out. No, actually, Sean Buckley is going to be on next week. Messaged back and forth today, next week. So just waiting for confirmation on the exact day but it's supposed to happen next week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, looking forward to having him back on. And a great conversation we had last night too with those guys, the Adam Skelly uh, team and the legal challenge that they're going to mount. Um, never any guarantees when you go to court, but hey, man, if, they, uh, if they're if they able to challenge this and set some sort of a legal precedent, Yeah. I think we might be on a a good track there. So we'll see how that goes for them. That being said, it is now marching along in terms of time. So let's do this. Let's uh, let's go to the phones for a short time. I'll take a quick break. I'll get everything set up and you guys can uh, join the conversation. On the other side.
9: Jingle bells, Trudeau smells, Biden laid an egg, Klaus Schwab's deal has no appeal, but tomorrow is a brand new day, hey everyone, have a Merry Maverick Christmas, and a magnificent new year.
1: Halfway there, setting up the phones. Here's the number to call.
6: Join the conversation.
1: Call 1-833-975-3733. That's 1-833-975. Free. speak up speak out make your voice heard maverick news
0: fighting for freedom by defending your right to free speech be a maverick join us
1: Okay, you can join the conversation by calling directly, toll-free, won't cost you a penny, won't cost you a dime. All we want is a little of your time at 1-833-975-3733. 1-833-975-3733. I'm no Paul Harvey. Famous, infamous, super talented broadcaster from the past. But I am me and I'll do my best. If you call in, we'll have a conversation, but pretty much anything you want. Let's go to our first caller of the night, and it is the man. Hello, sir. How are you tonight?
11: Great show, Mr. Rick. Great show, let me tell you.
1: Well, I'm glad you're enjoying look it. No yeah. Look no further. Look
11: no further, folks. Kay? I want to know which politician holds the stocks and them tampons. Oh, my God.
1: Lunatics. We're the laughing stock they're of the lunatics. world right now. Oh, my God, yes.
11: We're the, we're the laughing stock of the fucking world right now. And it's, it's you know, I like humor, but they're crossing the line here. Yeah. You know, I like to joke around a lot. This is, it's getting out of hand, man, really. You know.
1: Yep. Beyond I, I don't ridiculous. know what the solution is. Anybody that Beyond votes ridiculous. for that is mentally ill. <laughs> They're you got mentally people Ill for starving
11: day. in the streets. Yeah. You got people starving in the streets. You got people dying in the streets from this fentanyl, the real pandemic, by the way. Yeah. This fentanyl shit. Okay, and you got people homeless living in encampments under bridges, but yet who's paying for these campoons? The taxpayers. Where did they find the funding for this?
1: Tampons in men's washrooms. Um, it's ridiculous. Not
11: in the women's bathrooms, by the way. They won't put them in women's bathrooms, but they'll put them in men's bathrooms. Unbelievable! Un, you know, it's unbelievable. I thought it was a joke at first, right? And I did my research, and it didn't take very long to find True. out. Hey, this is no fucking joke. This is no joke, folks. Yeah, This is on us. Right? So, you know, they can stick their tampoons where the sun don't shine because that's where it's going. Yeah. Okay? yeah. A transgender shouldn't be in my fucking bathroom, period. You know, when I, I watched uh, Rebel News there and they uh, traced down the transgender fella that's uh, 50 years old, swimming with 13-year-olds and changing in 13-year-olds dressing rooms, and when the police came, he read off the ordinance that were wrong, okay, that, that that's against the law. And what did the cops do? They gave him a no trespassing fine. No trespass here. You just read the fucking police, the laws, and the laws that were being broken, and the police don't do fuck all about it. They'll give you the trespassing fine. You know, I lost faith in this fucking system, Rick. Really, I have. You know, I, I don't know what the solution is. It's not going to be pretty because people are starting to lose their fucking minds. You know, you Uh could call it a coup d'etat. Okay. A coup d'etat or civil war, whatever you want to call it. Okay. But something nasty is going to, is happening around the corner and you know what? It all falls on them. These lawmakers, you got a, a minority government making majority decisions for people. That's wrong. Okay. You could, Protest all you want at your liberal MPP's office. It's going to go in one ear and out there tampoon. Okay? You could do the same thing with the NDP. These They're snakes. They're not going anywhere. And they're not going anywhere fast. They think, oh, I don't know. And for some reason, Trudeau has it in his mind that he's going to run again for prime minister. Okay? And Joe Biden's going to run as president of the United States. These guys are fucking lunatics. Really? lunatics mm-hmm. i'm no alex jones and i don't want to be no alex jones but these people are fucking lunatics rick that are running this show you know yep. what's that say to the world what's that say to superpowers like russia and china that the canadian military has fucking tampoons in the
1: mail bathrooms are we a force to be reckoned with we don't have a military left really <laughs> it's a joke
11: that's, it's a joke, yeah
2: it's,
1: and
11: that's why that's what I see. We're a police state. our military is a police, and if you actually think the government can protect you, you're you you're just as stupid as the ones who put the tampoons in the male in the mail bathrooms. yeah the government can't protect you, not a, the u s government they claim they can, right? They can't you know if they could, we wouldn't have the homeless. We wouldn't have people fucking uh, 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 starving in the streets. Yeah. And that's what's going on, man. You know, ridiculous. It's ridiculous, man. And you know what? It's it's, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. You know, you can vote. Vote all you want. I don't know. The next character. You know, you can knock Doug Ford all you want. Everybody can. I don't like Doug Ford personally. And I got my, uh, my reasons for that. Okay. But he has... Brought down the uh, the gas bills. Okay, if you use your electricity in between the hours of seven PM and seven AM, it's fucking less than half the price. Okay, so the elect- electrical uh, uh, pricing's gone down. Okay, uh, he's going to make a move on the gas prices. Okay, now I don't, I, I really don't like the idea of alcohol being sold in corner stores. That's only going to drive up robberies tenfold. Mm-hmm. Okay, and thefts. Yeah. Maybe a hundredfold, yeah. and like you said, look at Detroit, Chicago, New York. You go to some of these places, and <laughs> uh, in Detroit, uh, you don't even stop at the red lights. Yeah. Okay. You just go through the red lights, and I've had police pull me pull me over. So what are you doing? Stopping at the red light? No, you just keep going, white boy. You're in the wrong neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah. on every corner, there's a liquor store. Okay, casinos and alcohol bring nothing but bad news to communities, but here they are. They're everywhere, right?
1: Yep. And uh, it'll result in more violent robberies. You you know, over time, you'll see people get shot, store clerks, makes the job more dangerous. You already have robberies as it is, but it's just going to get way worse with alcohol in there.
11: The number two killer behind big tobacco is what? Alcohol. Hmm. Okay. Now, they're so restrictive on cannabis. Now, cannabis does have medicinal values to it, period. There's no medicinal values to fucking alcohol. And you see seen that when the scam-demic happened. What did they leave open? <laughs> LCBO and beer stores.
2: Yeah,
1: Yeah,
11: that's true. They made you close your businesses, but they, they left them open. You know why they left them open, Rick? Because alcoholism.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
11: People can't go without their fucking drink. And if they do... Uh, <laughs> there, there's your coup d'etat right there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Alcohol adds more flames to the fire than a lot of people think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not just with the cancers, but, uh, drinking and driving, causing death, you name it. Okay. Uh, uh guy goes home, drinks himself to Bolivia and kills the whole family. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. can't make the bills, right. It's depression. Yeah. Right. And it fuels a depression. Right. Who's going to pay for the medical costs? We are. Oh, wait, look at where our medical systems at now. It's a disgrace, man. It is. So I disagree with I'm not I don't know what his motive is, if he's trying to union bust LCBO. I don't
1: know. I don't know. Uh, Honestly, I think he's just trying to score points to get you know, voters. He's fixated on the alcohol stuff. There was the buck a beer thing and the and the one campaign that he ran and uh, you know, his first campaign now this um, and this is something that's been pushed in Ontario many times uh, over the decades, really never fully has mm-hmm. never really fully come to pass. There's some places where you can buy um, beer and wine in Convenience stores in some smaller communities, but not wide. Community. right. Not right. like
11: this. Uh, even, even if you go to the big, uh, the grocers, the big grocers here, uh, Superstore, and uh, Loblaws and shit like that, they're selling uh, Metro, they're selling uh, beer and, it's, and spirits inside the store, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But for, for the little corner store around the corner from my house, I can't wait to see this. Yeah. Really, I can't. Yeah. You know all the drama that's going to happen, is it really worth it? You know, for for a government that's supposed to be taking care of the people, taking care of the people and looking out for our, our health and welfare, let's add some more fucking, uh, some more death. You know, in the last week and a half, I get, I get to see five coffins closed. Okay, personally, I left work today and went to another funeral. Last week was at a funeral. The week before that, I'm at a funeral. I'm, I'm getting sick and tired of it. And a lot of it's due to, Uh, lifestyles. Okay. Mm -hmm. Lifestyles. Shit that have caught up with people. Right. You want to do drugs your whole life and you fucking die from doing drugs, alcohol. Okay. Another guy, alcohol, uh, uh, liver rotted out. Right. It's like, really, you know, I'm getting sick and tired of it, but the government seems to want it. Right.
2: So they do,
11: you know, I don't know where we're going to go, how we're going to get change. Uh, you know, if Pierre Polyev so he's the only choice we really got. Actually, there's nobody else on the ballot. You got the Greens and you got the NDP. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, you got the other one out there. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. So, it's not. you know, what what happens when Pierre Polyev doesn't do what he says? That's what I'm scared of.
1: Yeah, and what what and, right? and, but and I to some degree can't probably can't do what he needs to do because we're so far in debt. I don't know. I hope that he's, he can figure it out, but man, he's got a huge task ahead of him because Trudeau has racked up so much debt.
11: And that's why Trudeau can't cut the carbon tax, folks. Mm-hmm. Okay. He can't cut the carbon tax because the carbon tax is what's coming to pay for all this uh, extra Ukrainian spending and uh, uh, Israeli spending in the, uh, well, I don't want to say it. You know where I'm going with the vid. Okay. All that spending that's yep. happen. okay somebody has to make up for the shortfall and that's us and that's why we have this carbon and the, these crazy taxes that are coming out right yep. like they're just making we're making taxes as we go yeah you know there's and that's i can't see pierre polly getting rid of the carbon tax even though he says he's gonna i know one thing pierre will probably do and that's get rid of the tampoos out of the fucking male bathrooms on the military bases in parliament government buildings that's yeah. an easy one yeah right but when i don't know i don't know we're going with it but uh shit it, it's it, it, this is entertaining that's for sure it's all entertaining till i start losing my shit and it ain't going to be so entertaining anymore you know the faster the people stand up okay the faster it's all over but when you have nobody standing up doing nothing about it and everybody's sitting there with their th- with their tampoons and their asses. Okay. Uh, sitting there uh, going, Oh, what happened? Why did I lose my house? Why did I lose my job? Why did I lose this? Why did I lose that? It's over. You can't stand up. You're done. You're going to get kicked to your fucking your tent underneath the bridge. Make sure you got candles. Make sure you're safe so you don't burn them down.
1: Speaking of the, uh, the right? bridge, it's too late. And that fire video that you sent yesterday, I wasn't quite able to verify date. Like, what do you know about that? Fire that was sent to you that you uh, shared with us. Yeah, I, I know a lot
11: about that fire. I started that fire. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, that was in Welland.
2: Okay,
11: <laughs> I didn't start it, folks. RCMP. I know you're listening. I didn't start it. Okay, I'm in Windsor. That happened in Welland. That came from a fella on uh, on YouTube, Dennis Johnston. Okay, and he sent it to me, and he sent me uh, another one today. Uh, it was a encampment underneath a train bridge in Welland mm-hmm. and the tent city or whatever, right? Uh, probably trying to heat their tents because it's cold out right now yeah. with candles, right? And something happened there. And uh, guess what? There's a big fire, right? And uh, from what I, I'm hearing on uh, uh, on other news outlets, uh, there's a lot of fires happening at these encampments. There was one in Toronto shipped, uh two or three weeks ago, Kensington area, I think it was somewhere around there, right? Uh, burning down Vancouver all the time, right? So,
1: Yeah, you, you, you'd Google it, and you'll find that there are many fires over the years at homeless encampments like that for exactly the reason you just stated. Lots of them. You can find many, many stories about those kinds of incidents. Well,
11: well drug addicts, especially with crack and crystal meth, they smoke it, so how do they light it? With a lighter, okay? They get zoned out from their dope or whatever, and they fall asleep, and the lighters still going on, right? Burns yeah. down the whole camp. Yeah.
6: You know,
11: you know. They, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. All I know is it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. And like I said, uh, unfortunately, in the last week and a half, five caskets for this cat over here, okay, and I'm getting sick and tired of fucking doing it. And it's weird that I said that because another fella, Darcy Jubinville just passed away last night. Okay, and uh, I know him too, right? So, I don't know, bad time of year for a lot of people, right? Suicides are going to be up, unfortunately. You know, people are going to scoop the new lows to try and uh, ease the pain. I just try and stay focused, man. Really, really, I do. Yeah, try and keep working, and that's another thing. The economy right now, Rick. I don't know, buddy. I swear to God, right now I got six machinists that are working tonight that are painting the walls, washing the floors, and I'm doing fuck all. And this has been going on now for two weeks. Fuck really?
1: all. But you guys are producing yes, and developing not- for the for the electric vehicle market right
11: right yeah but we're not alone I know I know Windsor is just filled with tool shops and they're all empty I've never seen anything like this not even 2008 was like this okay and the reason why is I talked to an engineer at one of the funerals I was at last week for Chrysler's who awards tooling contracts to big companies right I said give me some work and he starts laughing He's Leo I've never seen anything like this He said, the reason why is everybody's on the fence. They don't know if they're going EV or if they're going the way they were before. So they can't start cutting out tooling and engineering changes and shit like that. So they know exactly what's going on. So everybody's on the fence. It's not that they're going to stop making cars. That's never going to happen. Okay, They just don't know which direction to go in. Yeah. So, you know, and when you see Tesla with, uh, what was it? Recall of 2 million cars?
1: Yep. yep. 2 million in the not States,
2: conspiracy in Canada.
11: I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but when you got Elon Musk telling people to go fuck themselves, <laughs> okay, it's only a matter of time before the left try and cancel them. And what's his bread and butter? Cars. Yeah. The Tesla. Right. So you have a few accidents with Tesla, okay, uh, and they recalled two million cars. And it wasn't him that recalled it; it was uh, who was it—the uh, governing body for the automobiles of America, okay—that that recalled the vehicles. Yeah. So maybe they're coming after Elon Musk. Maybe he's too rich. Maybe what, whatever, right? Trying to knock him down. Mm-hmm. I could see that happening. Okay, because don't tell me uh, Ford's Chrysler's GM, Toyota, Honda, all of them. Okay, there's deaths every day in vehicles. Right? They're not recalling all these cars. Like the one now, you really got me going. Okay, the shit that happened at the Niagara Bridge. Okay, technology, and I was telling my wife today too, I said, you know, and she said you thought it was a terrorist attack. I said, yeah, but I start looking into it. I don't think so. These cars, you got all the bells and whistles, folks, in these vehicles. You could bring me back to 1978, okay, uh, and I bought my first vehicle. It was uh, 1987, 86, somewhere around there, but it was a 1978 Chevy. No bells and whistles. I had to roll down the window myself. (laughs) I had to adjust my seats myself. Probably one of the most safest vehicles on the road. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. today, uh, you got everything in there. Everything's done for you in a vehicle. Yep. Voice activation. You, you want to change this? You want to do that? You can do it by your voice. Actually, like, you know, and then you wonder why there's uh, so many accidents on the yeah. road.
1: Lane keeps this. Running list, the show? It's got, it's got uh, you know, self-parking. You name it, right? Sensors for right. vehicles It'll, that are next to you to warn you if there's somebody there. You know, semi-autonomous and even fully autonomous vehicles are out there now. And yet, you know, you my, daughter, absence, uh, my
11: daughter's got a 2023 Kia. She says, Dad, take it to, uh, uh, to London. So, because she was in London. She taking take it to London and, and pick me up in my vehicle. I said, okay, so I picked her up with this new vehicle. And she's t- talking to me on the phone, right? Uh, as I'm going down the 401, she's like, okay, press this button and you you can take your hands off the steering wheel. They'll stay within the lines. I went, You got to be joking me. Mm-hmm. So almost from Tilbury to Chatham, I didn't even have to put my hands on the steering wheel. Right. It drove within those lines. Yep. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, it's it's all fun and games till somebody gets killed. Yeah, it's amazing.
1: The day is coming when but you can bring... we will not be allowed to drive cars because they will say that it's too dangerous to have humans operate the vehicles. That's just around the corner, literally.
11: The next generation's screwed, buddy. They're screwed. Mm-hmm. Okay, Like, say uh, there is the big hack or whatever is going to happen, right? Uh, uh, and shit's shut down. These kids today, they don't know how to read a compass. They don't know how to read a map. Uh, I had to show my son what a dial telephone was. Okay. He's never seen one before. <laughs> 18 years old. So, how's it work, dad? I said, well, you picked it up and there was a ringtone. It went, e, and then you had the dial each, right? And then, then came the, the press button ones. Those were nice. Yep. Then came the cell phones, <laughs> right? But these kids, they're screwed. The next generation screwed. They're lost and they don't even know it. Yep, <laughs> things were made simple in, 19, in the eighties.
1: If we if if we do get hacked things. the way that they portray that in Leave the World Behind that movie, um, yeah, to today's young people they are in deep crap because they won't know how to survive without their phones and their GPS and their uh, you know their video games and their uh, their digitized. File so they can watch the last episode of Friends.
11: Hey, and and you know what's funny about that? I watched that movie when it first came out last week. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, I was thinking the same. I said, I'm going to tell Rick, I didn't even tell you about it. You watch it yourself, mm-hmm. right? But the shit with the teslas when they were crashing, crashing there, okay, and they were all going to one spot, wherever they were going, anyways, until mm-hmm. they started crashing, right? And then the supersonic sound, I remember the shit in Cuba. Yeah, remember remember the uh, okay? They figured the Russians or somebody was using a supersonic sound, okay, to uh, (laughs) like an MK MK Ultra project, okay, on the people and the animals, okay. Uh, And what I did get, I think, at the end of that movie, what I did get about it was the three stages of war, and one of them was isolation. Mm
2: -hmm.
11: Isolate people. Okay, and and uh, what was the other one? Uh, oh, they'll turn on each other. Right. Okay? Eventually, they will turn on each other. So if you like civil war, folks, believe me, that's what'll happen. You know, you're going to, when it comes down to a civil war, well, look at Haiti. You know, neighborhoods, okay, that are run by who? The gangsters of that neighborhood. The protectors of that neighborhood. Right? And then the, the government will come in and say look at look at all the unrest and uh bang right they'll take it all yeah
1: well we better move on so here, not, Leo. we've I'm got calls stacked up anything else you want to add
11: no that's it merry christmas everybody another thing rick uh, did want to add and why i really did call you and then mm-hmm. we started talking about other shit people want to buy your shirts okay uh is there an email tra- email address you could link on the rumble
1: yeah, yeah YouTube okay. or do that, yep.
11: Yeah, link it up because people are asking on Rumble, oh, how do I get a hold of Rick for the shirt? Well, throw up your email and you start selling shirts. The Knights of
1: Malta. Yeah, there you go. I'll put it in the chat there. Yeah, put it in. You can use that one. Yeah, toss it in the Rumble chat. And I'll put it over here. And, and I have to say thank you to Choosy for uh, inspiring us and convincing me to well he didn't tell me to do the shirts but that's why i did the shirts because he inspired me to do the shirts
11: They're, those are nice looking shirts okay and uh i'll i'll take a shirt but i can't pay it to my uncle who's a paraplegic gets back on his feet he hasn't walked in 40 years but uh no i'll take a shirt rick uh, i just can't rumble ranch it because my quick uh, I got a new credit card, right? So I got to put in the information, you know, Rumble Ranch
1: or whatever. No problem. You just send me your address there, man, and you'll get a shirt for sure. Okay, okay, brother. Thank you. All right. Thank you, my man. All right. Let's move on here. Who do we have up next? Uh, We've got, I'm not sure who this is. Hey, it's me. Hey, Juzi. How are you? I'm great. How are you?
8: How's the radio check?
1: Radio check is A-OK, 10-4.
8: All righty. Yeah, Leo's got some points. I was thinking maybe the tampons in the men's room uh, argument might be for sucking chest wounds and stuff like that. You shove one in there
2: Mm.
8: or you you get a nosebleed or something because those guys are always beating each other up and stuff, you know.
1: Yeah, might find some use for them, but not what they were originally intended for. Not in there. there.
8: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they should maybe just go for the first aid kit or whatever. Anyway, I think they're trying to, uh, you know, portray our military in a not so uh, nice light all the time anyway because remember they want us to be afraid of them because that's what the solution is going to look like it's going to come from the military legal justice system Mm -hmm. so if they can you know make them look like a big bunch of you know what's and they got hemorrhoids uh, like jimmy carter or whatever then you know that's what they're going to do And you should be very afraid of them at the same time because they're, you know, uh, they're criminals, you know. But um, actually the military is precluded from participation in these inducted, corrupted, secret societies that are intrinsic to the problem. So we need to tread lightly about what our perceptions are And uh, what our intentions are and what, as it relates to the solution, which we need urgently, uh, should have been last week or week before, right? Yep. I'm well. very excited sir about the t-shirts and um, I just wanted to know what I could get a, like a feel of your inventory because I'd rather see your deserving Canadians get them first if I have to wait for the second print or something I will do that graciously I'm just very excited about the momentum
1: Oh yeah uh, well you know you and, just send me your address there man and uh um and you will get a complimentary shirt for sure because you are the the inspiration behind the whole thing. so it's only appropriate that I speak
8: well, I'll pay. I want the short sleeve, the uh, long sleeve, and the sweatshirt in size extra large. and I will send a generous donation to cover it. Um, I'm very excited. and I think that you could definitely, you know, maybe get a flying car from selling those alone. I have another idea for a uh you know uh diaper the IHS placard badge you know so we can be like the sheriffs of uh inquisition in in the safety of our own homes
2: <laughs> okay <laughs> with
8: our badges and you know um maybe one of those if you took the a, a miniature IHS placard <laughs> Another T-shirt idea—you could yeah. do that on a shirt too, like a miniature IHS placard, and then put like the red circle with the backslash through it, like you know, no, no IHS placard. Boom, there you go. And or you could put a diaper on there, you know, but then you might not see what it is with the diaper on there. Uh, I got you. Anyway, um. We, we, you know, I mean, we may end up in the bizarre retail busi- business again after this is all over. Right? You never know. Well, I, bet scream- I bet that was a Screamers. I bet that was the screamer store, right? I mean, that was always our favorite place as teenagers to go into the wacky store where all the zany things are, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy Kelly's um, wacky websters and oh the funniest thing though, this is was an electronics shop. There was a, a haircutting place. Um, when I grew up in the in the local mall in my neighborhood. They called the place Headhunters. <laughs> I thought that was just the stupidest but funniest name for a for a barber hairstyle salon ever, Headhunters.
8: <laughs> like, I had a dream when oh. I was a- a teenager about, uh, being captured by headhunters, you know, kind of like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. They were going to cook me in a big pot or whatever. And, uh, and in my dream, something happened and we all started laughing and then it was fine. And, you know, but, uh, I, another coincidence is I just got some weed that's, you know, legal in New Jersey, recreational weed that finally after a couple of years, they got the strains to have some content and this, they're really excited. When I went into the place, the girl come running up to me. She was like, you got to get this. It's Headhunter,
2: <laughs>
8: <laughs> thirty-seven, thirty-seven point five 37.5% cannabinoids, total cannabinoids or whatever. I can't complain. It's pretty potent. And, uh, you know, so there you go, full circle back to the headhunters thing. <laughs> we had a store called Bizarre Bizarre that had all the, you know, it had wacky, zany stuff to make you laugh. And then it had, you know, imported stuff that you weren't going to find in other stores. Um, but, uh, you know, before the internet, yeah, the kids don't understand how. I mean, my poor mama, she had to, like, wrap hot towels around the inlet pipes in their basement just so they could have running water in the winter. Mm -hmm. You know, they would have to boil water on a
11: stack.
8: Yep. poor. and uh just you know the comfort of having an outdoor light bulb up there in the lamp. Oh wow, man, you're look at that. You got a lamp out there by the street. You're living high on the hog, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, I anyway yeah. I know, I know enough old part remembrances, but uh anyway, we're not confused or powerless. Things could be worse. We know what the solution is looking like. The Million Lawyer March is looking strong and well-informed and getting more cohesive and growing rapidly. And that's a good sign. And um, uh, the Palestinian protest thing, it was a big letdown, but that was predictable that they were going to do a Jesuit led itinerary type of thing and go downhill. So I'd given up on them. I have no association with trying to guide them to Malta headquarters or anything. I can see I'm wasting my time. And uh but I tried. And um what else is going on with your alternative media people with the you know, the Israel thing and Blumenthal and Katie Halper and those the whole circle going kind of backsliding on me. That isn't going to last because they they know. They, they have to know. It's, it's so weak, the front that people have gotten themselves into. They signed themselves into these contractual arrangements. Uh, With with the Malta Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whether they knew it or not Because they And then you know It wasn't until we Got the proof Or the apparent proof That you know That Dr. F is in the club That everybody gets interested In the Malta And then they're like Ooh who did I sign contracts with Ooh Are these Yeah they might be the auxiliary If not the genuine article So I understand that not everybody, you know, can't can't just assume that everybody is a Satan worshiper or whatever. And it's not up to us to decide. We just have to understand that we know enough to know what's next. It's the all or nothing rule. And because no branch of government alone or combined has the authority to issue arrest warrants for the sovereign immune we need convened military tribunals to issue those arrest warrants. And then they can make the simple peaceful as possible arrests and and uh, the sentencing would be non-lethal. And so everything is up front as nice as can be. And who who could ask for anything better than that? The only people who would be upset are the people that want revenge, and those kind of people are just, they need to understand that's the same Roman inducted behavior paradigm that we're trying to break free of this uh, imagery of abuse and let our children try to not grow up screwed up, right? Yes, sir. I guess I'm done. Um, I'll cut you loose on that. And I love y'all. I couldn't be more grateful for your courage, sir. You're the greatest man on North America. Don't uh, ever do with that. All right.
1: Thank you, Chief. And
8: just uh, yeah. playing room at the table for everyone else to be great. Let's do it together. It's zebra stripe time.
1: Okay, my man. Thank you so much for calling tonight. Really, really appreciate it.
8: My pleasure, Rick. Thanks for all you've done and you're going to do. All right.
1: And I thought we had John on the uh, the line there, but it looks like he's dropped off. So I'm not sure where he went. Are you there, John? Uh, no, I think he's gone. So with that, why don't we just kind of wrap things up for tonight? Because the clock is ticking. And we've kind of covered a lot of ground already, and so we better save something for tomorrow. Otherwise, we'll have to start reporting tomorrow's news today, and we don't want to take anything away from Alex Jones. So, uh, oh, wait a second. We've got one more call, maybe, in the queue. Okay, here we go. Let's see. Can I change call status because the call is not in progress? Oh, I think maybe we lost him. I think we lost the call. Okay, so we'll just wrap it up for tonight. And we'll make sure that there's still some news left for Alex Jones for tomorrow. Don't want to get too far ahead of him. Don't want to scoop all the stories. Got to share a little bit of the information. Um. So, yeah, let me just... Uh, Pull the phone number down off the screen and remind you that if you want a t-shirt, $30 or more, long sleeve tee, 35 or more, sweatshirt, 45 or more, I'll send that to you. You can support the channel at freedomreporters.com right there. Make sure you just put a notation in the box, the, the message box when you when you're right there and it'll come straight to me and I will make sure that I mail that out to you. Um, Yeah. You can email me as well at uh, either RW 581 at aol.com or I think I've got this other one. I put that in the chat. If you need to email me, or you can also contact us through the website all the time at mavericknews.ca that's always available to you. That's easy to get to. And there's a contact form there. So you can always email me that way. That's probably the easiest thing to remember. And also, you can email me right there. MaverickMultimedia at mail.com. So lots of ways to find me. Easy to find. Contact information always on that website, though, at mavericknews.ca. And you can watch repeat episodes there as well there's all kinds of stuff on the website so with that being said i think it's time for us to kind of wrap it up for the night thank you everybody for spending the night here you could be anywhere else and it's a privilege to have you share your time here on the maverick news channel where we have the antivirus programs for your mind catch you tomorrow night 6 p.m eastern standard time on the flip side
9: This has been a Maverick Multimedia Productions.